Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today. Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the end of the year edition of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I I am, of course, Jay, once again, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. It is the last episode of 2018. It has been an interesting, a little crazy, weird year when it comes to the sport of professional wrestling, but... We're going to get into all of that. This isn't going to be, oh, you know, this is what happened this past Monday night, blah, blah, blah. We're going to talk about all of 2018. We're going to get into random things here and there, all the stuff from WWE. And we're going to talk about other uh, promotions as, as well. It's been a big year in 2018. And uh, I got a special guest with me, of course. I, I, I can't just do this on my own. This is a big show. This is, uh, you know, the end of the year. Got to end off with a bang. And I got a, a first-time guest with me who is a fellow wrestling aficionado. Technically, we're family. Technically. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he knows a lot about professional wrestling. And I have him right here with me, Sammy Muniz. What's up, bro? How you doing? Hey, what's up? I'm excited to be on the show. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah, dude. Um. Like I said, Sammy's very knowledgeable when it comes to professional wrestling. He's been watching pretty much all his life, the same same as me. And uh, he he's not only he not only knows about WWE, but he knows about all pretty much all promotions. He follows the indie scene uh, very closely. Follows uh, other major promotions, and uh, you know, just very very knowledgeable wrestling fan. And I'm glad he's on. We've been talking wrestling a long time. And um, before we get into that, Sam, I know we just spoke pre-game and uh you technically didn't watch all of it yesterday but you saw pretty much the most important fights you know about from last night's UFC 232 card which was I, I mean I an unbelievable night of fights uh if you get to watch the replay check it out but um first off just the main two the co-main and the main event you saw the Amanda Nunez uh, uh cyborg fight uh, Initially, when you first saw it, what did you think? Did you think Nunez was going to finish her like that so quick? No. I actually thought Cyborg was going to take it. I thought it would be the reverse. I thought Cyborg would take it quickly yeah. instead of Nunez. Because uh, Nunez is a person that can't really handle pressure. She gives the pressure, but if they put the pressure on her, it's not the same for her. You know. So what I saw in the little quick... 54-second match that they had um, <laughs> kind of reminded me of um, some old-school fighting back in the 80s. I used to see out the window when I used to live back in the Bronx. <laughs> all windmill action, all haymakers, 
no offense whatsoever, and you know someone's just going to get caught. Yeah. And immediately when they get caught, it's over. You smell blood, the match is over. Usually those window matches used to last a minute. You used to look out the window, you saw the crowd of people <laughs> running towards the fight. They'll fight, they'll throw windmill punches. And then boom, it was over one minute. Yeah. And that's exactly what I felt when I saw the fight. I said, oh man, this is not going to go good. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think. Um, I mean, I know Nunez is strong. I know she has. She she's a hard hitter. I know she wasn't going to be afraid of Cyborg. I knew that from the get go. I knew this girl was not going to be afraid of her. And that's kind of the Mike Tyson aspect of things. A lot of times when Tyson would fight guys, uh, they they would lose before the fight even starts because they're already fearful. You know, this this little juggernaut of a man is just going to knock my head off. Yeah, you know I mean, so they're cautious going into the fight. Which is Evander Holyfield wasn't afraid of him. Buster Douglas wasn't afraid of him. Uh, Lennox Lewis wasn't afraid of him. So a lot of those guys who showed no fear against Tyson, they they were successful. Now in this one, um, Cyborg is a very wild fighter, like you said. She throws a lot of crazy haymakers, even though she has the ability to be technical. But she's a wild fighter. She reminds me of Vanderlei Silva. Um, and 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 this fight reminded me. Uh, and I know you probably remember the fight that Vandalay had with Rampage Jackson in the UFC when, of course, in Pride, Vandalay Silva got the better of Rampage. But in the UFC, he was throwing wild, wild haymakers, and Rampage was a little more technical, a little more, you know, crisp with his strikes, and he knocked Vandalay out quick. That's what this reminded me of. Um, I was a little shocked by it because, like you said, Cyborg is such a machine. She's such a killer. But uh, now, I guess Amanda Nunez is that killer, and she's the baddest chick on the planet right now. Until they have a rematch. Because yeah. what happened is, I think she didn't go with the game plan that Jason Perillo had for her. Because he's a top-notch boxing instructor. Yes. He's a top-notch instructor. She followed his plan. I know his style, even when you see him train boxers and, and other MMA fighters, he, he stresses the defense part as much as the offense. And so... Remember, before this, Perillo was training Tito Ortiz in the boxing part before, you know, that, that mess that they had with the pay-per-view with him and um, with the Iceman. Yeah, that they just yeah. So Chuck Liddell, yeah, Chuck Liddell. So he put him out quickly. He put him out quickly. He stuck to the plan. He stuck to the, bo he stuck to the boxing, and, and he took him out. And that was more of a Jason Perillo-type fight. Had she done the same thing, I think she she would have uh, Nunez would have burned out, and yeah. then she would have taken it out maybe the second the third round, but I think she came out too quick too fast, exerted her energy, threw a lot of haymakers, left herself open, and then you land one, and 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 I think Nunez actually was a little bit more defensive, a little bit more strategic when she took the when she did the leg kick, when she yeah. what was a leg a leg check she did yeah, and. And that showed me that she was more to the plan than, than uh, Cyborg was. Cyborg just really was out for blood. Like, I want to take her out. I hate her. I can't stand her type situation. Yeah. And she got herself into trouble. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, Cyborg needs to, if they do have a rematch, I think Cyborg is going to have a little bit more respect for the for the hands of, of, of Amanda. And I think she'll come out a little more technical and will and it'll probably be a better fight for it i mean the fight was good for the mere excitement of it and the fact that you know it was a quick finish because there was a lot of there was a lot of decisions on this card too so it was like okay we need some excitement maybe the co-main or the main will give that to us 
and this definitely definitely gave us some excitement with a 54 second knockout and i knew it was gonna end fast i was there in buffalo wild wings with my wife and i was telling her i was like yo i was like this fight is gonna end quick this this is the one that's gonna end fast and and it totally did and amanda nunez now got two belts well for the time being because like you said i do see a rematch happening i don't see it happening right away but uh i think they'll feed cyborg somebody before she gets that second shot, and uh, it, when they do fight again, I think it it may go differently. Because, like you said, Amanda Nunez has succumbed un- to pressure before. She lost to Kat Zingano. She lost to uh, oh, er- she lost to Holly Holm early in her career. So there there have been a couple of fights where she's lost uh, ugly fights that uh, she succumbed to a lot of pressure. And um, you know that's what I thought when she beat Misha Tate for the belt. I thought Misha was going to give her that pressure, but Misha was mentally out of the game already and uh, she lost that she lost that fight before it even happened. And Ronda Rousey was another one who was out of the game already mentally when when she had that fight. So, you know, Amanda Nunez has had that kind of string of luck, but um but yeah, she she you know, she knocked the bitch out. <laughs> what can I say? She knocked say that she's the best female fighter I've ever seen. I can't because no, yeah. Many people want. She's she reminds me of um. I'm gonna say how Larry Holmes was a champion when people when people were on their way out. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you're the champion. Vladimir Klitschko in heavyweight boxing again. You're the champion, but everyone's on their way out. You know. So that's that's how I look at Nunes. Yeah, Vladimir Klitschko to me was a champion when they had nobody at heavyweight. Like who did exactly. who did they have? I I can't name one guy. I mean, he fought Lennox Lewis, like you said, when he was on his way out. But besides that, I can't name one dude throughout that, what, 10, 12-year reign as champion that he had that that was anybody of note. I can't. There were no contenders at all. They had to scrape them off of the floor to to find someone. Yeah. And the one time he got wrecked by Anthony Joshua, he retired. What does that tell you? Um, <laughs> so the main event now, now you said you didn't get to see the Jones fight. Now I saw clips of the ending. Okay. Um, saw some, some, some parts here and there. I haven't seen the whole fight yet, Yeah. but, uh, it looked to me, this is what it looked like. Alexander came out, did the same thing he did in the first fight and Jones adjusted. Yeah. Big time. That, and that's what I got from just the little parts I saw. Yeah. Like Jones adjusted and said, not this time. Yeah, big time. Jones had a very, they, they had a very, very good game plan for this fight. And Jones stuck to it, to the T. And, and there was a lot of, like, those little T kicks that he does that he'll kick you in the st- a front kick to the stomach or the leg. And there was one leg kick that he caught uh, Gustafson with in the second round that really messed him up. Like, the mobility was gone. He had, like, a... Like, Sutton, he messed his leg up to the point where, you know, Gustafson had nothing for Jones in this fight. Nothing. And Jones finally got a takedown. He stuffed a couple of Jones takedowns in the first two rounds. But that third round, he took Gustafson down, and it was over from there. And uh, ground and pound, some elbows, and, and Gustafson was gone. And after the fight, uh, they they Joe Rogan asked Jones if he wants to go to heavyweight to fight DC or whatever. And he was like, I don't need to go to heavyweight to fight DC. If DC wants this belt back, he can come to me. He was like, he's been calling himself champ champ. Well, daddy's home now. Daddy's back. So 
<laughs> and, and and I like DC. Yeah. And man, he gets a bad rep from everyone because you have too many people that jump all over. Yes, Jones technically is undefeated. Yeah. That one loss is uh that should be a no contest. Yeah. Because he was in that guy and the guy was gone. He just threw an extra elbow. The referee didn't like it, gave him a loss. But and and I'm not saying that that no UFC fighter um is not without fault because you know many of them when they're not fighting are on some sort of uh some sort of enhancement. Yeah. So they, they do cycles. Because when you're taking this many fights, you need some, you know, you need to repair yourself in order to move on to the next fight. And in in, in their profession, they're doing stuff. I'm not saying they're doing illegal stuff all the time, but they're taking supplements that are gonna be enhancing supplements. Yeah. In, in some cases, whether one body of um, regulating body sees it as being um, illegal versus another, that's why it's so inconsistent. Yeah. Because, it, and, 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 and so I can't blame Jones for that, but the problem is a lot of people give DC the flack for it. And, you know, maybe at heavyweight DC could beat Jones, but I don't think at light heavyweight he can. Yeah. And, and the thing is, man, it, it's weird because obviously. I mean, DC was amazing at light heavyweight. He looks even better at heavyweight. But the thing is, there's always that one guy that you can't beat. And Jones is that guy for DC. I, I don't see any way, because even at heavyweight, you're going to get a bigger John Jones to deal with now? Like, it's going to be it's gonna be crazy. You know, DC has not found a way. He's too short. He's too, you know, compact. He can't get to Jones. Jones reaches too much, and, and you know, he hasn't even been able to take John Jones down. An Olympic wrestler, he hasn't even been able to grab Jones. You know what I mean? So those two fights, and Jones knocked him out the second time around. The first time, it was a decision. The second time, Jones head kicked him and, and, and pounded him into the ground. So, you know, I don't want to see them fight a third time because, I mean. I to see Brock Lesnar in D.C. And the funny, the funny thing about that is DC would rather fight Lesnar because I guess in his mind, he thinks it's an easier fight. But the thing is, Lesnar got caught with the same banned substance that Jones did, but he doesn't mind fighting Brock. He minds fighting Jones, though. I, I don't, that's, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's a little hip hypocritical to me, bro. It is. I agree with that. The problem is... Um... The, the beef between DC and Jones has gotten a little bit weird and personal. And so it's not there with, with Brock, you know? Yeah. It's not there with Brock. So he can, I can see why he wants to fight Brock. With DC and, and versus Jones, I think DC can't overcome the personal stuff. And that's why he lets Jones get in his head yeah. and he can't beat him. And that's why he won't be able to beat him. If somehow he could put that to the side, maybe perhaps they go to a decision. And maybe perhaps he steals one. But yeah. I, I, I just think he's so far in his head, he's defeated him even before the fight is even announced. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think Lesnar is the bigger payday. So that's probably one reason why, you know, because whoever Brock fights next, if, if if it ever happens, because I think, you know, the Brock came into the cage a couple months back when when uh when DC beat Miocic and, and pushed him and there was this big thing. But nothing has come about it yet. So uh, 
uh, it would obviously have to be in 2019 at some point, um, maybe in the summertime or whatever the case. Now, just fantasy, like pretending we're there. How do you see a fight with DC and, and Lesnar going? Because will it be would it be similar to the way Brock when Brock fought Cain Velasquez? Because Daniel Cormier has good stand up, but I don't know. It's weird because when Brock fought Mark Hunt, everybody was like, Oh, Mark Hunt, you know, he's gonna catch him one time and that's it. But Lesnar dominated him. The difference is Daniel Cormier is an Olympic wrestler. You know what I mean? So how would you see that fight going down? They're going to wrestle. You have an NCAA champion, multiple time, in Brock Lesnar. You have DC who, the other day I was watching old clips of uh, DC on ESPN2 back when it was the trendy college. Yeah. Uh, watch uh, the, all the other sports. You know, it was geared towards the college students when I was in college. That's what ESPN2 used to be. Yeah. It was to watch every other sport that your college was involved in that wasn't football, basketball, or baseball. Right? Yeah. So I was watching some of those older older videos on YouTube, and you had all these older videos, and it was like a year apart from when Brock Lesnar was in the final to the next year Daniel Cormier was in the final and lost to the guy that that Brock had basically handed it over to in a loss, post loss, and also lost to him in in a last minute like pin. So they're going to wrestle. They're going to go with their natural thing with wrestling. The difference is that DC also has a stand-up game. Yeah. Also knows, is more well-versed when it comes to, to the fight aspect of it. It's not going to be like Hunt, who Hunt only stood up. Yeah. So if Brock's going to go to the to the floor, they're gonna the, the, the instinct's going to be for both of them to go to the floor. And the problem is Brock has only going to the floor while DC has submission, the floor, stand-up game. So... Yeah. I think I give it three rounds, three rounds, and then Lesnar will tap out. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Because the, 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 thing, the weird thing about Brock is he got submitted that one time in his debut against Frank Mir. He was a rookie. He got caught, you know, whatever the case. Yeah. He hasn't been submitted since. Like, no one's even come close. The dude is so massive. No one's going to get, like, a choke on him. It's going to be rare that someone will catch him in, like, an arm bar. His arms are too big. You know what I mean? The only way to catch him is probably a leg lock, like Frank Mir caught him, a leg or, a, or an ankle, because Brock is I huge. This guy made him tap. Um, what's his face? Um, Al- Alistair, I think it was? Well, he kicked him in the gut. Like, that was right. <laughs> yeah, that that was – they called it a TKO, though. They didn't call it a submission. But – um. That that was after Brock had surgery. Alice is a good piece of garbage. But uh, <laughs> that's sad because he used to be so good. Then he came to the UFC and just his downfall. It was like almost like Big, Bigfoot Silver. Yeah, he came in heavy, hot and heavy, and then boop, just went down. That just shows you, man. A lot of those guys that come into the UFC, and and the thing is, Overeem, you know, he got his title shots and stuff like that. He didn't win it, but you know, he got a little bit of a wing streak going, but. When USADA came in, a lot of those guys changed, bro. When when the UFC hired USADA, a lot of those guys who were on those, you know, testosterone replacement. Look at look at Vitor Belfort. In 2014, he looked like he was 25 years old all over again, knocking everybody out. USADA comes in, all of a sudden he's real skinny and real old looking all of a sudden. And then he's getting knocked out by everybody. <laughs> 
So he's it, like that good name you want to knock out that it says, oh, look, I beat him. Yeah. I beat him. Yeah. And, and you know that he's washed up, but, you know, I beat him, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it, it would be it would be interesting to see that fight. It it's definitely would be because Cormier and Strikeforce beat a bunch of big heavyweights. He beat Bigfoot Silva. He beat Josh Barnett. He's way better at heavyweight which is his natural weight because, I mean, he's so short, but he's he likes to eat. You know what I mean? I mean, who don't like to eat, right? He's a big dude. But um, yeah. but him and Lesnar will be an interesting fight. I'd rather see that than him and Jones again. But uh, if Lesnar, you know, can't pass a test or if he can't, you know, make it through, I guess, you know, in 2019 we'll see DC and John Jones again. Uh, but j- from the sound of it, Jones wants him to come back to light heavyweight. I don't see DC doing it. Um. But yeah, man, it, keep going back and forth. He said, "I don't want to fight him. I don't care to fight him." And then all of a sudden, he wants to have a match with him. So yeah, I'm yeah. Like, you know. So either way, either way, we're having a big, big fight. You know, uh, either at heavyweight with with DC and Lesnar or or DC and Jones. Those are the only two big fights in terms of the bigger guys that the UFC has. That that's real exciting right now. And that's that Brock. By the time he fights, it would have been two or three years since he fought Mark Hunt. So it's it's real real interesting that Brock Lesnar. If you look down the line, Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, Brock Lesnar. Those are the biggest draws that UFC has ever had. That's true, but if you if you remember one thing about Brock and why he's such a draw, and people underestimate this, it's wrestling fans. Yeah, he brings the wrestling fans. I remember. Hold on a second. <coughs> I had a cough. Pardon me. About that. <laughs> You're good, man. Um, when, when Brock Lesnar fought Mark Hunt, I remember I went to my friend's house to watch it and his sons were there and I asked his sons, oh, wow, you guys are never down here for MMA. Why, what, what's going on? They're like, we just want to see Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a whole generation of kids like that, that are willing to pay and watch a WWE guy who's successful in the UFC, legitimately successful. Not, not CM Punk, Phil yeah. Brooks, except. <laughs> hey, man. He's, yeah. he's not successful, let's be real. But, you know, he, he's successful putting the people in and when putting the eyes on the on the sport, but not, uh, you know, he it, tried. You know? It, hey, it, that, show, it, shows you, it shows you how strong that, that wrestling fan base is. That first fight that CM Punk had was top 10 grossing UFC pay-per-views of all time. Think about that. And it lasted, like, what, a round? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's the thing about it is that if you look at numbers, because facts don't lie, you look at the numbers of the heyday when, when we had the Monday Night Wars. We're looking at ratings of 11.7 versus 10.1, mm-hmm. 7.1 versus 7.0, we're looking at millions upon millions of fans who are watching the Monday Night Wars, and you're still getting maybe ratings of 2.4, 4.0 at the at the top when when Raw is a little bit exciting because you know Raw's ratings are really down now. Oh man! And you still get for Impact, you still get a rating of one, which is one million people watching. Yeah. And 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 now lately it's in you know it's influxing going back and forth for for Impact as well. But the thing is. You're bringing a fan base, yeah. and people estimate that. UFC is a new product. As much as we want to, you know, say, "Oh yeah, it's better than boxing," because you know you have those people who are ignorant who are going to say it's better than boxing. 
with not realizing that they're two different sports, boxing, MMA, you have two different fan bases. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the fan bases sometimes are, go across it. You know, because if you look at it, MMA fighters are following boxers and boxers are following MMA stars and they all congratulate each other and they hang out behind the scenes while you have their fanboys who are just stuck in their little segments, you know? But wrestling fans also spill over into it and they're a bigger culture. Yeah. yeah. Bigger group people. And when you bring that wrestling fan base, you bring numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at, look at, I mean, Bobby Lashley had a pretty successful MMA career. Um, I'm surprised, uh, well, obviously he's not going to fight while under contract with WWE, but um, Bobby Lashley did fight in Strike Force, and, and he apparently he was signed to Bellator. I don't know if if he had a fight. I, I don't remember seeing him fighting in Bellator. I'm not sure, but uh, one guy who is making his debut in Bellator in 2019, and that's Jack Swagger. What do you think about that? I think he's real deal. Yeah, I think he's the real deal, and and I think he's gonna be underestimated. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch him in MLW wrestle Tom Lawler. Yeah, and I a did lot of the things that. that were, yeah, a lot of the the fight and the fight that they had, a lot of it was a uh, you know, a lot of it was MMA influenced, wrestling influenced. Like, and I'm not talking about pro wrestling influence, but amateur wrestling influence. Yeah, they kind of made it look a little bit real. The match was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and the thing is, Jack Swagger's a big fucking dude, bro. Like, he's like 6'6". Six, six. He's like 280 pounds. He's an amateur wrestling. I don't know, I don't know if he was a, a NCAA champion. I think he was. Um, he, was. he is a monstrous dude. And, 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 you know, whether he can... The thing with him, just like any other pro wrestler that gets into MMA is will he be able to get the stand-up aspect down? Because if he takes you to the ground, you're going to be in trouble. But, you know, it just like CM Punk, even though CM Punk had no skill whatsoever, he didn't have any amateur wrestling, he was literally, you know, a guy off the street, if you want to be honest, in terms of martial arts. I mean, he's been training with the Gracies for a few years doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but he wasn't, you know, he had no hand-to-hand combat skills. He had no wrestling skills. Um, and, and, you know, he, he just had nothing. Dana White pretty much just made money off of him. That's all that was. It was a publicity stunt for me, you know, and what I, would I have loved to seen CM Punk beat, beat that clown that he fought that second time? Yeah, of course that guy was a sucker, but you know what? He, he, you know, Punk showed a lot of heart, but he had no skill. Now, Bobby Lashley was a wrestling champion. Um, just like Jack Swagger it was, but and the here's a little tidbit of information a lot of people might not know. Jack Swagger in collegiate wrestling beat Cain Velasquez, but think about that. Um, yes, I was gonna mention that. Yeah, you know, so he he the wrestling is there. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of can he take a punch? You know, uh, you know, can he deliver? Can you know? But we'll see. In 2019, Jacks. Huh. Remember this. What yeah. a lot of people don't realize is that Kurt Angle, before he went to WWE, right? He, when the whole ECW incident happened, yeah. and he was going to sign, he had the crucifixion, and he didn't sign. That was amazing, by the it, way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dana White wanted him, legitimately wanted him, wow. and knew he was going to be a mega star yeah. before he bothered with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And followed him for years and had him sign a contract and had him say, 
please, he had him like, please, you have to commit to me because you, you will be a star here, you know? And they knew that because he was coming from that fox catcher uh, area. Yeah. The, the fox catcher training. Yeah. The, those guys were nuts. But those guys were real fighters. And when they transitioned into MMA, those guys were real, like, real legitimate MMA stars. Yeah. So I think, what, Forrest Griffin was the last one that came out of the fox catcher? Was he? Was he? Or he came out... Not from exactly the Foxcatcher, but he trained with the guys from there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to always have the, you know, that's why I think Jack Swagger's going to do good. And you're going to always, if you have the the, the skill set for that, and, and like you said, Phil Brooks didn't have that. Yeah. But these guys have the historical part of it, the, the part that's proven that works. And that's where Swagger can work. Another guy that it would work for, Shelton Benjamin. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, he he was with Brock. He was he was with Brock in Minnesota, right? Exactly. And he was his, it was he was his teammate. And Brock Lesnar said the guy I couldn't beat was my own teammate. Shelton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, and, and me and 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 Izzy spoke about this. Uh, I think on our first, on the old podcast that we had, there was a rumor going around, and and I think Kurt Angle have spoken about it. And you probably heard about it, where Kurt Angle in the in the back was hearing rumors that Brock was talking shit, saying he could take him. And um, Kurt Angle was like, "Oh yeah." So Kurt Angle met him in the ring and was like, "Let's go right now. Let let let's do a little, you know, let's roll around a little bit." And Brock was like, "Eh, whatever." And then they actually rolled. And Kurt Angle was saying, "Yeah, Brock caught me a couple of times because he's so big, but I beat his ass." You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, what's his name? Uh, the Godfather, Kama. Yeah, he said that they actually wrestled in an airplane. That everybody moved along. Oh, that was that and wasn't Kurt that. Angle gave him a, a lesson, even though that Brock held his own, but that Kurt Angle. No, that was that, on the airplane. that was actually the the airplane ride from hell. That wasn't Kurt. That was Kurt Henning. That was Mister Perfect. Well, I heard that I heard that it was uh, that Kurt Angle on another one, not the uh, the airplane ride. I know Kurt Henning had a fight with Brock. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Henning would have. <laughs> Kurt Henning was wild. <laughs> underestimated. They underestimated that guy. And you know what? I met him. He was a class act. I'm gonna oh, tell you right now. Oh, you met him before? He was. He was still a bad guy, quote unquote. And I met him, and he was really nice to me. Nice. Twelve years old. He was really nice to me. Spoke to me and everything. Yeah, I was. And he had a with me and he treated he was like don't worry you're gonna see me wrestling again i said you're gonna be a bad guy again right because you're a bad guy he said yeah 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 you know it's <laughs> like yeah i was he, a i was a big mr perfect fan bro big kurt henning fan yeah mr perfect man i remember i went he gave me his autograph he said you want me to sign your stuff yeah yeah and he, he took a picture of me i have a picture of him somewhere um but he was and he, he was still a, a villain at the time yeah. so Kayfabe was still alive back in the early 90s. And he's there like, yeah, all right, at a restaurant just like (laughs) hugging me and taking a photo with me and talking to him. We had no conversation and enjoying my presence. And I'm there 12 years old saying, but this is a bad guy? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. But, But yeah, man. Yo, can you imagine 1996, Kurt Angle just won the Olympics and he goes into the UFC where all those guys had literally besides... Dan Severn, besides Ken Shamrock, besides Horace Gracie, if you weren't any of those three guys, none of those other guys had any sort of skill whatsoever. Can you imagine a Kurt Angle walking in there and just suplexing everybody? 
Oh man, yeah, yeah. He would have. He would have. He would have. He would have dominated. He would have been the best wrestler probably ever. I mean, an Olympic gold medalist at at a heavyweight going into the UFC when they had no weight classes and he was fighting a bunch of lightweights. <laughs> That's why Dana White wanted him badly and then settled on Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. That was the guy. Well, he well he almost he almost got Kurt, but he almost got old Kurt Angle, because I don't know if you remember, yeah. but Kurt Angle went for the Ultimate Fighter when they had the heavyweights, when they had like Kimbo Slice and Matt yeah. Mit- Matt Mitrione and all these other guys, but Kurt Angle couldn't pass a physical because he was so beat up already. But the funny thing is that Dana White wanted him so bad he would even take him old. Yeah, that's how bad he wanted him. He always wanted Kurt Angle. He always wanted Kurt, you know. And based off of based off of, uh, I saw some YouTube video and, and Kurt Angle said, "Yeah, Dana White was always in contact with me." And I think they went and confronted, like they asked Dana White, and Dana White was, "Yeah, I, he's a good friend." Yeah, that was his response. Like he's a good friend. Like, like yeah, of course I'm like without saying it. Like of course I called him like every day trying to get him. Yeah, the, the ratings for that Ultimate Fighter were so high. Just for a street fighter on YouTube like Kimbo Slice, can you imagine a guy like Kurt Angle going on to that season of the Ultimate Fighter? The ratings would have went. Where the wrestling fans would have came in and yep. gave it numbers. Yep. Numbers that they probably would have never seen before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, they know they missed out on that one because right now they're struggling for ratings. Because let, let's, be, let's be real. UFC is an expensive sport to be a fan of. Yeah. You know, if you're charging for every, you, you're having, you know, with boxing, you have an event on pay-per-view here and there, but you're throwing big events also on Fox, on ESPN, it used to be on HBO, but they're no longer at 2019, but you're, you're seeing it on, on TV, you know, and you're seeing it, you know, the access is free. UFC is now moving over from Fox to ESPN. You're gonna have to have cable. Yep. You know, you're gonna have US US. You sorry, UFC is expensive and and paying a pay per view every month and whatever else you want to see like Bellator pay per view or whatever because I don't know if, if Bellator has a pay per view. I know uh, that I think, they want. Uh, I think all their shows are free, but I think they uh they just I know they're on the Paramount Network, which used to be Spike, but. They have another network now that I think they're a part of that they do like their major shows on, but I forget the name of the channel. I thought they were on that platform, Fight TV, where they charge for it. Yeah. And I think I see them and they charge on that. And I was like, why? If it was free on TV. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> it's expensive to be a USC fan. That's why Vince McMahon, I have to give him credit, and a lot of people, eh, Vince McMahon, this, this, and that. When he started up that whole subscription service and started up the WWE Network yeah. and started putting views there, it was genius. Yeah. Charging $10 a month. Now you have millions of people already on that platform. Yeah. And they're committed. Yeah. And the thing is, the UFC made their own subscription service too, but they're still charging top full price for the pay-per-views. That's the difference. That's a problem. Yeah, that's the difference with that. Even for the library, even for the library, you have to pay a separate from the actual pay-per-view yes. of that month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 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 it's nickel and diming your, your fan base, and you're gonna lose your fan base. And I don't know if you, you witnessed it, but Dana White recently 
I've noticed that he has more interest in going back into boxing. Because remember, he yes. was a boxing promoter. Yeah. And then he got run out by the mob to, to L.A. And then <laughs> somehow hooked for UFC, you know? And got UFC. And got UFC, uh, the global notoriety he has now because he installed boxing principles in it. Yeah. So his thing was, I always felt he's always going to want to go back to boxing. And why do you think he's going back and forth with De La Hoya Pitching and whining with De La Hoya. <laughs> it's, wants to come into his space and he wants to go into De La Hoya's space. Yeah. But I, I don't think I don't think Golden Boy is gonna last in the MMA market because I mean Dana White brings up a good point. Uh De La Hoya doesn't even know the name of the fighters. He doesn't know the history behind it. He only knew Tito because, you know, they're I mean, they're both Mexican. They probably have known each other for years. He only known Chuck Liddell because Chuck Liddell's a legend of the sport. But besides that, he didn't know any of his own fighters. Like, he didn't know their names. There's a lot of things. Like, he said, I paid. He's not going to pay the fighters what, you know, he would pay boxing guys. You know what I mean? He's not going to pay them what Dana White pays his guys. You know what I mean? I don't think De La Hoya is going to last as a promoter for MMA. No. It's a, there's a difference with um, how you pay out in boxing versus how you pay out in MMA. It, you know, in, yeah, MMA fighters do get the short end of the stick. But um, boxing has a system that has been going on for a while, and that's why they get paid more because of the self-promotion aspect of it. And so it would take way far too long to get MMA at that level, and you will probably bankrupt the sport doing it. So right now, the platform that the UFC has and what Bellator has, even though Bellator does pay a little bit more, from what I've seen, numbers-wise. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, to the megastars. I'm talking to the average. Yeah. Um, well, that's because the, the fighters also get to keep their sponsorships, which is what they don't have in the UFC because they have their, their Reebok deal and stuff like that. So they're just they're, – they're handcuffed to Reebok. Unless you're someone – like, when Ronda Rousey was still fighting, she still had a couple of her own sponsors. Lesnar still has a couple of his own sponsors – um, I think Jones might. I'm not sure what other megastar might still have their own little sponsor here and there. But for the most part, if you're just a run-of-the-mill UFC fighter, you, you just have that one deal, and that's the Reebok contract. Yeah. So, it's sad. So that's why Bellator fighters, a lot of those UFC guys go to Bellator because they can make probably more money just on sponsorships than what they were making per fight in the UFC. But... You know, whatever. The UFC has lost a lot of guys, but they gain a lot of guys, too, because, you know, what guy wouldn't... It's like, do you want to play for the Yankees or do you want to play for, you know, the Staten Island Yankees? You know what I mean? You want to play for the New York Yankees. You know what I mean? It's the name. It's like WWE. You know, not not to put down any other regional or independent promotion, but if you offered a spot on the WWE roster, Raw or SmackDown, you're going to say, no, I want to, you know... I want to be in Battle Club Pro or I want to be in, you know, MLW or I want to be here. I'd rather be there when I'm offering you a million dollars just to be on Monday Night Raw for for five minutes. You know what I mean? Like you, for the money. Cody, Cody, <laughs> Cody kind of changed that. Cody kind of um, Cody and the Young Bucks kind of changed that. I mean, so the, the, the thing the thing with Cody, you honestly think Cody made a lot more money outside the WWE? I think so. I think so. And and I don't think he was BSing. I think he was. I think he really did. I don't think he didn't make. He made chump change in the WWE. 
Yeah. He was making six figures. He was making probably 500. Yeah. Okay. But he was able to make a, a million easily. Um, hot topic. I went, I went to the mall here in Jersey. Um, uh, the Willowbrook Mall here in Jersey, right? In, in yeah. Wayne. Yeah. And they had a hot topic there. And they had all these, uh, Los, uh, Los, Igo, uh, no, what, what was it called? Los, uh, Los Ingobernables de yeah. Japón. Yeah, Los Ingobernables. Yeah. I saw, um, Cody shirts, American, uh, Nightmare shirts, and they were, they were just restocking them and people coming and grabbing them. Yeah. And people coming and taking them. Well, they sell. The I Jericho think, shirts were there, and Jericho shirts were selling. Yeah, and I think, uh, to pop. Yeah, I think a lot of the New Japan uh, shirts they they sell in Hot Topic and stuff like that. Um, Here's my thing with Cody. Now, I remember when Cody first left WWE back in I think 2016 or something like that, and he went to Ring of Honor for for a cup of coffee. He went to to Impact for a cup of coffee. He wasn't really lighting the world on fire. You know what I mean? Until until he went to New Japan and 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 got with with the Bullet Club, which I don't know if it even still exists anymore. You could probably tell me more than, you know, you probably know more than me at this point cuz I don't know if it's the Elite Bullet Club, you know, uh the 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 Tongans, their little group that they have. I'm not sure what's around anymore. If if, if the Bullet still around, they just have a new leader. Okay. And is that uh is that Jay what's his name? Jay White. Jay White is the leader now? Jay White is the leader now. Wow. He's, <laughs> he's the as 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 what Tamatanga said, he is a legitimate force for the heavyweight title. Wow. Which was a kick on um Omega. Yeah, because Kenny's Kenny's the Kenny's a light heavyweight. Kenny's the champ, right? Yeah, Kenny's the IWGP champ. He's but he's not defending it much. He's like, eh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't like him as the IWGP champ. Yeah, but isn't he going against? He's going against Tanahashi on on uh on on the Wrestle Kingdom, right? Yep. This week is Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom thirteen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only that, this week is Wrestle Kingdom, and then you have on Saturday the NWA pop up, ah. which the NWA is legitimately back. Oh, it's coming! Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's and here. A lot of people are sleeping on it. No, I I've always loved Billy Corgan as as a as a wrestling like uh, Booker, and he's always the first time I saw Billy Corgan at a wrestling show, he was in the crowd at an ECW pay per view. This is how long Billy Corgan has been wanting to be a part of professional wrestling. He's always loved the product. He's been a lifelong fan. He wanted to get involved in ECW. Um, I don't know if him and Heyman, uh, it didn't work out or whatever happened. I don't know. But uh, he's always... Heyman money and then something happened and then Heyman... Heyman, because he didn't have bad words for Heyman. He didn't say anything bad about Heyman. Heyman didn't say anything bad. He just... It didn't work. I, I, think, I think it just didn't work out. Yeah, yeah. So I've always... Because they didn't have anything bad to say about each other. Yeah, yeah. Acknowledge that it's going to happen. And I was really pissed off when they didn't let Corgan take over TNA because I thought he would have turned that company around even faster. Now, they're starting to gain momentum. I thought they would have died years ago, to be honest with you, the way they were looking. When when the heart... when huh? trying to impact. Yeah. It just came out this week. Yeah, they got a new channel, right? Again? They have a, a channel no one's ever heard of. 
It's called Pursuit. That belongs to that Canadian company that owns them. That uh, Anthem. Yeah, for the mercy of putting them on that channel. That's uh, I think it's called Anthem, right? That's the name of the company that runs that. The Canadian company that owns them. Yeah. So they're putting them on a channel called Pursuit, which, like you said, I've never heard of. But apparently. No one has that channel. <laughs> <laughs> no one has that channel. So pretty much, pretty much. Now, I've been watching Impact as of late. They've been putting on some good shit. Not for nothing. But if it wasn't for Anthem, you think they'll still be around right now? No. Yeah. I agree. And, 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 and they, just should, they should just sell Impact to Billy Gordon. They should have. Yeah. And the rumor is they were trying to sell it to the, the All Elite, whatever it is. Everybody's saying it's going to be a wrestling thing. We don't know if it's a real thing. We don't know if, if All Elite probably has a, a deal with NWA. We don't know. We don't know if, if, if All Elite is it's just uh, um, going to follow in the steps of what Billy Corgan's doing. Yeah. You know? But I know that Billy Corgan recently had an interview with uh, a young man called AJ Awesome on his podcast or, or, or video cast that he does, video yeah. blog. Yeah. And the little young man, is like, he's like 10 years old, 11 years old, <laughs> asked him, so what's your plan for NWA? And so basically he said, my next step is to do pop-up events, which you have one this Saturday, yeah. right? Then they're going to put a full roster, and then they're going to get look for a TV deal and work with a TV partner. Yeah. Hopefully in 2019. Because I've loved the little the shows that they've been doing on youtube i think their youtube channel is pretty cool um and and i know they've done you know uh re- pro wrestling from hollywood and and arizona and other spots like that where the nwa title has been defended and stuff like that and uh and aldis he's defended the title at all in which was a big pay-per-view that took place in 2018 which is one of the best match on the card for me aldis and cody right that was a pretty good yeah. that was a pretty good you know that was a match of the year contender. Yeah. And, uh, I really, I really think so. Especially the second one at NWA 70 when Cody threw the soda in his face. <laughs> well, that's another, that was another big event that took place in 2018, which this is a look back at the year of pro wrestling in 2018. And within two seconds, we mentioned two major events that took place, which is NWA 70th anniversary show, um, which I remember I messaged you. Uh, one guy who I ran into in the Publix here by my house was Sam Shaw, who wrestled at the for the NWA Championship Tournament that night. Um, who he used to wrestle in, in Impact a couple years back, and uh, you know he's a journeyman wrestler. He was nothing, nothing amazing, but you know he had a decent look. He has a decent, he has an interesting like uh psycho looking type character, and uh, I ran into him in Publix just shopping. <laughs> so uh, you know it's cool. You know it just reminded me seeing him on the nwa 70 uh anniversary show um so yeah man the nwa really came back in 2018 really and and billy corgan has been doing a really good job and for me and you just brought it up i think this all elite thing if cody's smart if they're if he if he and the young bucks and all these guys are not going to wwe which it looks like they aren't going to um I think they should link up with Billy Corgan. I think that'll be a fantastic move. I definitely think that's going to happen. I think something's going to happen with Billy Corgan. Because if you think about it, you have Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. They're going to be gone soon. 
You, yeah, think, they, you think they're really going to leave, though? I think so. I really think so. I, I think I think they made their money. They're like, eh, let's go. There's, there's so much to, to do. There's probably more money to be made out there. We could have... The, the thing about it is that WWE, and Johnny Morrison uh, said it best. Um, John Hennigan came yeah. out in the interview and said it best. He said, when I was in WWE, he said, no knock on them. I loved my experience there, X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera. He said, but the problem was I missed weddings, I missed family events, I missed a whole bunch of things because I'm on the road 200 plus time doing 300 plus shows, had no time for anything. He said, so to make the commitment, everyone should want to probably be with WWE for a short span, but you have to understand that going there, if you're going to go there, you're going to lose out on, on, on life events. Yeah. He said, now I make. And he, he was another one that said, I make about the same amount of money or even more. And then he said, and I have more control of my time. I have more recovery time. I have more time to spend time with my family. I'm able to go to events, able to go to family uh, weddings and, and, and social events. And I'm able to live life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I think Gallows and Anderson, they're at an age already that they're like, eh, we, we did the WWE, WWE thing. And we're going to go. And that's why I think um, McMahon, to let AJ Styles go, I don't think he would let him go. No. It's it, it like, okay, I'll throw you more money. Yeah. Because he has still more market value. And AJ Styles, everywhere he goes, it's like it's like you're going to get a, a crowd of people. You're going to get excitement. You're going to get it. So you don't want to see AJ Styles go back and, and beat Nick Aldridge for the NWA title. You know, and the thing is, you bring up you bring up AJ Styles, and and the thing is, I'm genuinely and 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 very much happy, surprised how they've used AJ Styles. It just shows yeah. the skill level of an AJ Styles. Now we've been, I mean, we <laughs> we've been watching AJ Styles since the late '90s. Like I remember him in WCW when he was Air Styles and Air Paris. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Who air raid? Who knows where Air Paris is right now? But yeah. I I remember AJ Styles when he was like 19, 20 years old. I never thought I'd see him at age forty being the WWE champion. You know what I mean? Like it's insane because you know how Vince does with guys that he doesn't create. He does he treats them like shit. You know what I mean? A, he didn't create AJ Styles. AJ Styles has been a star on the lower level per se for the past. 15 to 17 years he comes into wwe he's an immediate star there and i'm genuinely surprised and happy about it you know what i mean aj styles what is already a two three time wwe champion he has not won any other belt in the company and it's like why does he they already gave him the main belt you know what i mean they, they title for like a couple of months and then they yeah a cup a, a cup of coffee yeah yeah a cup of coffee but it's like I'm really surprised how they've treated AJ Styles, and that's the main reason why I see AJ not leaving. It's because they've treated him like like a superstar. You know what I mean? And that's that he came from TNA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he did the Ring of Honor thing. He did you know New Japan and all that stuff. But let's face it, he was the face of TNA. You know what I mean? He was the face of Impact. Him, Samoa Joe. You know, uh, a lot of these other guys that they got now that are in big spots in WWE. Look at all of NXT. NXT is all Ring of Honor, PWG, you know, besides a handful. That whole roster is Ring of Honor, guys. Yeah. 
It's insane. Yeah, that are strong. The whole, whole the whole undisputed era is is Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah. That 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 brings me to another 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 point. Um, I don't know if you got to see Final Battle for Ring of Honor, but not, when um, not the whole thing, but I saw most of the show. Did you see the match after Jay Lethal won? Um, I don't think so. I think that's the last was, match I saw was for the. I think it was Jay Lethal. He defended the belt against um, ah oh, crap. What's this dude's name? Um. He, he wrestled Cody. Yeah, he wrestled Cody. He wrestled Cody. Yeah, that's the last. I think that's. You saw you saw the how it ended, right? What happened after the match ended, right? No, no. Basically, I I so Nick all this comes out with the NWA title because um, Dalton Castle got in the ring. Dalton Castle gets in the ring, gets in 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 JD Two's face, whatever, and then the distraction happens. Okay, it's like. The, the camera angle of it, everything that happened and, and that occurred. So when he comes out with Camilla, he comes out with the belt, he says some things to Cody, and then he's looking, and he just goes like that. And I, and who was it? No. Was it was it uh, Dalton Castle? No, I think it was um um the villain. I think the uh, villain was the one who got in his face. Marty? Marty Skrull? Yeah, Marty Skrull. But, you know, to me, I felt that they devalued the ROH world title. And put the NWA title in, above it. In favor of that, the NWA title? Now, I'll tell you this, yeah, man. That's when I said, oh, man. I don't know if everyone's realized it, but 2019, NWA is really going to be major again. I think that's a... a like, I, I think everyone's so focused on all elite, all elite wrestling because, you know, it's it's what's trendy. People yeah. are always going to be like, what's trendy, trendy, trendy. But sometimes what's old and what's worked is what's the biggest threat sometimes. And yeah. I think NWA could probably get to a prominence where WWE is going to have to pay attention. And I think they're already paying attention. The only thing is that in that same interview where uh, Billy Corgan was saying he wanted a platform, he expressed that he's open to working with WWE. Hey, why not? Listen, so man, I, back in the day, the NWA... Back in the day, like the old ages, bro. Back in the day, the NWA was the governing body of all professional wrestling, including WWE. Including WWE. Vince McMahon Sr. was a part of all those promoters who worked together to form the National Wrestling Alliance. They were the ones that ran everything. Until, you know, Vince Jr. took over, then then he kind of moved away from the NWA Vern Gagne with the AWA moved from the NWA. Uh, Von Eric, he took the Texas promotion from from the NWA little by little and and in, all the way even into the early 90s, Paul Heyman and Todd Gordon took ECW out of the NWA. You know what I mean? So, you know, the f- for that to come back, I don't think it'll be the return of the territories, but it looks like you know, why not? You have all these companies anyway. What if the NWA decided, you know, what if we, you know, paid a little cut to the little indie promotion over here in New York or this little promotion here or over here or in the UK or in Japan or Canada, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we start giving a lot of these young independent upstarts TV time on NWA television. 
you know, and maybe they if they win a battle royal in their indie fed, they could probably go for the NWA heavyweight title. You know what I mean? It it could be something pretty good. It could be it could be really good. Remember what Corgan did when he brought it? He said, I'm done with the territories platform. Yeah. He did away with it. People were not too pleased. He didn't care. He did his own thing. He created what's considered now the modern territories, where yeah. you have ROH working with them. And yeah. all these other other industries and, and even impact and that one uh event on the um YouTube platform where they had uh, Josephus fighting uh, the former champion. Sorry, hold on a second. Sorry. So he, he's utilized this modern territory type thing to create what he's going to create. But I think in my mind, <clears throat> the best time I saw NWA work um, besides now was when TNA was founded. Yeah. Because it was his own entity with TNA but yet they would travel and they would do the traditional thing of going to Puerto Rico, going to Japan, yeah. going to Mexico, defending the belts here and there in uh, house shows. Yeah. And then they'll come back and they'll have their event, which was televised, at the asylum. Yeah. Because I, I think, think for, the first, for the first three or four years of TNA, they had the NWA World Heavyweight title. Yeah. Yeah, for the first five years they had it. And it wasn't TNA who wanted to split from the NWA. It was the overzealous owners and some of the people like the Dave Marquez, the one who's following Billy Corgan now. Yeah. It's lucky that Billy Corgan uses him. He was angry that Jeff Jarrett had exclusive access. And so the NWA withdrew from TNA, <laughs> which was foolish because that was the most income they had in a long time. That shows you how much they 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 have dislike for Jeff Jarrett, but that's another story. <laughs> and now and now he's back with the title again. Billy Corgan right into the fold, so it all rounded back out to Jeff Jarrett being right back into where he was. Before. Oh you know? man, freaking Jeff Jarrett! <laughs> and I think Jeff Jarrett is working with Corgan to build him a roster. If you look at it real good, who's who's been fighting and how the uh, quality of opponents. When Nick Aldis said, I want a quality of opponent, I'm going to get a quality of opponents now. After the whole Cody thing, Cody was the start. And now he, you know, he fought Brian Cage the other day. Yeah. He, then he fought um, Jake Hager, Jack Swagger. Yeah. And now he, he's set to fight. Um, who's going to fight? He's going to fight James Storm now, former champ. James Storm. Um, yeah. This Saturday, he fights James Storm. And then he has a couple of other fights that... Um, we're gonna be uh, surprised. Like I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear who are his next opponents. But I, you know, I, I just think, you know, you know, with some federations like Impact dying, and ROH just basically uh, throwing their title in the trash in their last pay per view, <laughs> I think NWA is going to take a spot. Yeah. Back there they were before. Yeah, and I think with Ring of Honor, I mean, Ring of Honor has been around. Just as long as Impact has. I think they both started in 2002. Um, and Ring of Honor, to me, besides some young up-and-coming guys, like maybe a handful, they pretty much have the same roster that they've had for the past, like, five years. It's really nothing much different. You know what I mean? If anything, they lost a lot of their guys to WWE, unfortunately. Whenever WWE decides they need new blood, they they take a lot of Ring of Honor guys. Um which I'm surprised Jay Lethal is still there. I would have figured someone like Jay Lethal, Vince would, would have wanted to 
snatch up at some point. But, you know, they got Velveteen Dream. I'm pretty sure they don't need a Jay Lethal right now. Um, but um, make sure they keep Velveteen Dream because they, they're <laughs> disciplining him a lot. And they might make him unhappy. And that that's a talent and a half. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy is... I hope they don't underuse him because you know what? They created him. That's something you need to have all the way. That's Rick Root meets Prince. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, man, like they had it, like they had a horrible from what I read, they had a horrible attendance at the MSG show um um after Christmas, the the annual the 20 every every 26th of December, they have the MSG show and they tried to sell more tickets by having that eight man NXT match. And um, I mean, it didn't help, but at the same time, it was a it was a breath of fresh air. They have the match on YouTube. Somebody actually recorded it and put it on YouTube. Um, it was Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle. Um, you had a uh, shit <laughs> off the top of my brain. I'm trying to figure. Oh, they had Alistair Black. You had a uh, Ricochet. Um, and they went against the Undisputed Era and uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. And, you know, the whole crowd was into it. The whole crowd was chanting NXT, NXT. But, obviously, the NXT product was well more received than the homegrown WWE product. So, it's really shocking to me how you have Triple H, who's pretty much doing the head book for NXT. And the same guy is working on Raw and SmackDown. But, you know, obviously, alongside his father-in-law and his wife and, and Shane McMahon and all that stuff. And you can't put on a high-quality product, but yet you could watch NXT every Wednesday night for an hour and be more satisfied. I think there's too much fluff on Raw. Too much gimmicks, too many gimmicks and fluff. And I think we're pulling away from that. I think we want more of the old-school NWA. Let's, 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 let's have a match, you know. Let's, let's see what the fighters are about. I don't want to see gimmick. I don't want to see comedy skits. And... And, and and that's my problem with a lot of the indie shows out there that are non-NWA. Yeah. You had too much like comic stuff that were basically WWE. Yeah. If you think about it. Oh, let's Joey Ryan it, who's garbage. Uh, <laughs> he's garbage. Uh, Joey Janela, garbage. And then people be like, oh, who's this guy calling Joey Janela garbage and whatever. Go look at the video of him freaking doing a power bomb and hitting his head on the side of the thing. Uh. And then idiot. And then coming up, like, and you know he has a concussion. He comes up like, oh, no, I'm no selling it, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, or, or, or Joe Ryan and his stupidity and, and flicky people. It, it's just, it, I, I can't stand that. Yeah, it's the whole, dumb. the whole, the whole dumb. dick stuff and all that stuff. That, yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not a hater of comedy wrestling, but at the same time, that's a little, you know, that's a little much. Yeah, you know I mean, it's a little, it's a little too much. But um, another talk about some craziness. Another dude who made his return to wrestling in 2018, former WCW champion, and I say that loosely, David Arquette. What'd you think of his craziness coming back in 2018? <laughs> I have to laugh at that because my buddy was a boxing fan said, "How the hell is David Arquette still making money? He's making money." <laughs> And like this, he said, this C actor actually has a wrestling fan base following him. <laughs> and, and he's supposed to be on the pop-up show for the NWA on Saturday. And I'm like, Billy, please let go of this guy. <laughs> David <Let> Arquette. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so he's going to come out in a segment with Josephus 
who, who said, I can enlighten you and bring you in and oh, come. No. And he's like, no, I'll challenge you. And I'm like, oh, he had a death match. Yes. He almost died that death match. I'm like, give it up, buddy. You're not a wrestler. You're not, you weren't a champion. <laughs> so filled your head with a lot of garbage. He's full of garbage. Yeah, and so he filled you with garbage. And now you, you live in a pipe dream. Look, he's passionate about the, about, about wrestling. He is. So maybe, maybe he should invest his money like Billy Corgan and, you know, to a federation or, or support a federation. Yeah. But not wrestling. <laughs> yeah, he, like you said, he almost died. He fought. He wrestled Nick Gage in a death match, and like he had like a piece of light tube in his neck, like some craziness like that. Like he literally almost died in the ring. Like <laughs> I don't know Love if he's it. like if he was high on something or if this is a min- midlife crisis or whatever. But you know, like you said, what what was the last movie we've seen David Arquette in? Off the top of my head, maybe re- ready to rumble. Yeah, <laughs> horrible movie. And then after that, that led to the infamous him winning the title, which oh is horrible. Oh my god! Yeah, you want to was... die in the ring? You 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 make an attempt like uh, Matt Taven did at at at, at final oh, battle man. where he almost took rough. his head off. That was rough, bro. <laughs> that was rough. I thought he died there. I went, oh, he, he beheaded himself. Oh. Matt Taven, and the thing is, Matt Taven took that horrible bump, and then in the main event, I think it was Nick Jackson took a crazy bump off the ladder, and I was like, yo, these dudes are killing themselves. It's rough, man. That's why I don't, I'm not a big fan of the dive. I like, you know, some high spots. I like it, but when you over dive, it's just like, is it worth it? Yeah. You know, is it worth it? It's, It's too dangerous. You know, and, and as a fan, I like to see good moves, but I'm, I'm not going to want these guys who I know are putting their bodies out there to kill themselves. I want to see them again, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I have a ton of respect for guys like Ricochet and, and Will Ospreay and, and dudes like that who are so crisp and so, you know, they like, I don't know if you remember, but you probably do. When Ricochet was going to wrestle Velveteen Dream, that NXT takeover. And there was a oh, yeah. uh, there was an NXT show right before that where Velveteen Dream was standing on the outside and Ricochet runs from the middle of the ring, flips over the top rope, lands on his feet on the apron and walks right up to him and is like, "What?" I was like, "This dude is unbelievable, man." Like, <laughs> I I told you, that's the next guy. Every generation has a good wrestler, has its wrestler. You had Ric Flair in the '80s. And people uh, say, no, Ric Flair lost the title many times. There's a reason why, you know? You had transition into Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Then you had uh, Kurt Angle. Then you had AJ Styles. And I look at Ricochet as the next guy. Mm. Yeah. He's I can technical. See that. He's he really does all these three things, but he's technical. He can actually wrestle and do high spots. And that's what AJ Styles did. And that's why people were like, what is this? Remember the three-way match? AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, uh, Samoa Joe? Samoa Joe, yep. That was probably one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Yeah. That first, the second one was one of the, uh, the next, the second one was also one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Because <laughs> I, I said, they can't follow it up. I said, oh my God, they followed it up. Yeah. And the thing is, you mentioned Samoa Joe, and, and I think of Samoa Joe's run in WWE, and it's a shame that we got him now and didn't get him like 10 years ago. 
because Samoa Joe 10, 15, 10 or 12 years ago, at his height and his weight to do the stuff that he was able to do, I think he would have been a way bigger star in WWE than he is now. I mean, he still got his fans and he's still, you know, in decent shape considering his age and he's already phoned it in for the most part. But, you know, like I said, Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor, the matches that he had in Ring of Honor against like Kenta Kobashi and and freaking Nigel McGuinness and and Daniel Bryan back in the day and AJ Styles and and like you said, Christopher Daniels, Homicide, that whole crew of dudes on the independent scene from the mid early 2000s to like 2009 was like probably for me the best ever. Yeah. Unfreaking real, bro. All the stars that we have now that are big names, for me, were already superstars before they got to WWE because it was just, like, like I said, just insane matches that you can find in the old art. I have old DVDs of, of, of old ROH matches. I have old TNA DVDs to go along with my, you know, you know, WWE collection and all that before the network came out. And I'm telling you, man, like, like the indies back in the day was just unreal, bro. Which is unreal. Yeah. But I, I think I think with the whole Samoa Joe thing, it looks like he's in the background. I think he's the guy that's gonna beat uh Daniel Bryan. Really? I think he takes the title off him. Yeah. Mm. I think the whole setup is there that he's gonna take it. It's gonna come out of nowhere. Yeah. No one's gonna see it. It's just like Daniel Bryan came and took it away from AJ. Yeah. I think Samoa Joe comes out of nowhere and takes it away from Daniel Bryan. Even though the, think, weird, the weird thing is, I mean, there's there's spoilers out there for the New Year's Raw and SmackDown. I'm real tempted to talk about what happened already, but I don't know if I just want to save that for my first episode of 2019. But, I mean, people know already, so it really doesn't matter. It's taped. So they had a Fatal 5-Way on SmackDown that's going to air this week. For those of you who don't want to hear spoilers, y'all better press pause when you hear this part. But whatever. Um... They had a fatal five-way to see who faces Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble. AJ Styles won that match. So it's going to be AJ and Bryan again, um, which pretty much tells me AJ Styles is not going to be in the Royal Rumble. But, um, I mean, they've done it before where challengers have lost the match and ended up in the Rumble anyway, but I don't see that happening here. Um, In that match, it was AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Mustafa Ali, and I'm going to get into him in a second because he's another one that's coming up. Um, and two other guys, I forget who, but uh, probably Andrade Cien Almas and uh, another dude. And AJ Styles won the match, and uh, he's facing Daniel Bryan again. Now, you know, and here's another thing with 2018. Daniel Bryan made his in-ring return at WrestleMania, and out of nowhere, he turned heel. What do you think was the thought process behind turning someone who is the biggest babyface in the past 10 years, turning him heel? What do you think the thought process was behind that? Transitional champion. Because there's no money to be made with Daniel Bryan as a villain. They're not making money at all. No. It's not. like when Stone Cold went and became bad, Stone Cold always says it was one of the worst mistakes because money-wise, revenue-wise, he made no money yeah. for the company. And Daniel Bryan's the same way. So unless unless McMahon's trying to make a political statement uh, of some sort, that's what I'm thinking. I see Daniel Bryan as a transitional champion. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't see him at WrestleMania 35 as WWE champion? 
If he gets that far, he loses at 35. Okay. But I don't see him carrying further than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you see him beating AJ again? I think so. And that's where I think um, either... And, and here's another wild card that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm thinking in my mind might... And people will probably be like, you crazy, I don't mind. I've, I've never seen them take Ron Killing seriously. <laughs> but I've been thinking that's about that, dude, bro. <laughs> flip and all of a sudden be like, what the hell? He has the title? And you can make money off of him. Listen, I... In all honesty... When Ron, when Ron Killings got the WWE title shot against John Cena a few years back, I don't know if you remember this. It was on a pay-per-view called Capital Punishment back in like 11. It was when R-Truth and The Miz turned heel and like beat the hell out of everyone like a pay-per-view earlier in the Hell in the Cell. And they were looked at as serious. Like they were called The Awesome Truth and R-Truth was a heel, crazy heel like he was in TNA. Um, they gave him that match with Cena. I legitimately thought, even if it was for a week or a month, I thought they were going to give R-Truth that belt. Um, however, it's been a long time since then. (laughs) R-Truth is like 50 years old. Hell, he's in awesome shape. I'll give him that. He's in amazing shape. Um, they've done stuff like this before where they flirted with someone who is totally nowhere near the title picture. And maybe give him a shot. I don't know if you remember, but Santino Morella was was in like maybe the last two guys in the forty man Royal Rumble they had in twenty eleven that Alberto Del Rio won. Um and they flirted with Santino Morella winning the Royal Rumble. And then they put Santino Morella in the elimination chamber the month after. And they flirted with Santino winning that match too. Just to see the crowd reaction. And the crowd went ape shit. When they thought Santino might win the match and actually get a Mania title shot, um, it didn't happen. But that's what that reminds me of with them flirting with R Truth. R Truth has the 30th spot in the Rumble because him and Carmella won that Mix Max challenge or whatever the case. So Carmella has number 30 in the Women's Rumble and R Truth has 30 in the Men's Rumble. It makes sense. I mean, do I see R Truth winning the Royal Rumble? No. But. Can R-Truth challenge for the title the month before Mania? Why not? I, I can see that. I can see that. I think they're testing out to see because their ratings have not been good. So they need to do something. Something different. And, you know, unless you want to give The Miz the title again because yes. people are clamoring. <laughs> Believe it or not, people wanted that. Yeah. People wanted you to see like, eh, you know, just give it in. Yeah. He's a, he, he gets good heel heat. He just does. He does. He does. He does. And, and you know, you just want to see him get beat down. I hate. I hated the Miz when he first came out, but but I got respect for him now, with with everything he's done, and he's just a the little beef that he had with Daniel Bryan a couple years back was amazing. The the promos that him and Maurice cut on John Cena and Nikki Bella when they were together was was yeah. awesome shit, man. It was really really good, even though the match sucked. But you know. And the one Mania main event that he did have with Cena sucked. But, I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, the The Miz is a great heel. He's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer one day. He's done a ton of shit. But um, 
I don't want to see him with no belt right now. It's it's just weird that The Miz is a borderline tweener and Daniel Bryan is the evil one. You know what I mean? It's just so weird right now. Yeah. I I, I don't I, I don't see what what prospects are out there. Um what do you do? Finn Balor maybe? Well, I mean, but, unless they they stop the brand split and then they could do just mix all the guys up. But here's where Mustafa Ali comes into play because Here's the one star that that cruiserweight show created. And this kid is really good. He looks like an Indian Seth Rollins. You know what I mean? Like, he's really good. You know, he's a high flyer. He can wrestle. He's very young. Um, they they He has a win over Daniel Bryan in a tag match with his reverse 450. Um, but, uh, I, I mean... Do you? They actually hinted at Mustafa Ali maybe challenging Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble, but we all know it's going to be AJ. Um, where do you think that guy lands in in 2019? Maybe IC title run, US title run. What do you see from Mustafa Ali? Um, if he's on the, if the belt is still on the um, SmackDown brand and he's still there, maybe a US title. Yeah, maybe a US title. Um, I see title right now. They're, they're focused on that whole Rollins and uh show off situation, you know? Yeah, Ziggler and, um, and McIntyre. I can see McIntyre needs to win that universal title. I was about to I like say, how it's stronger and stronger. I was about to say, if, if, uh, and we, we could, you know. We could give our fantasy booking on the Rumble uh, with with Strowman going against Lesnar, and obviously McIntyre's in the Rumble. Is it a just a foregone conclusion that McIntyre is winning the Royal Rumble? I hope so. And you know what I would do? I would let the last two uh, people in the Royal Rumble be Randy Orton, so people could be really angry. And Mac- <laughs> I got my hair stood up just when you said Randy Orton, so you did a good job. So, so right then and there, and then you make it look because because McIntyre looks strong. So then all of a sudden you make it that Randy Orton just might pull, and you're like, "Damn it, I hate Randy Orton!" <laughs> and then McIntyre just hits him with that kick, boom, knocks yeah. him right out of the ring. Yeah, and a freaking roof will blow. The problem is with WWE. Um, it's happened even way back when Jake the Snake was the villain and Hulk Hogan was the good guy and they wanted to test it out because they wanted to probably put the title on Jake the Snake. How Jake the Snake was getting cheered against Hogan and Hogan couldn't take Over Hogan in the 80s. Can you imagine that? Exactly. (laughs) So they scratched him from winning the title, just like with the DiBiase situation. Yeah. He's getting more cheers and then you know what let's scratch that you know what ted if you're the champion that never got it and you end up making your own belt it'll be much better and they'll hate you more and then you buy the belt come on man just put the belt on it i'm <laughs> like but well they they also teased it later on when andre i don't know if it was a saturday night's main event when andre beat hogan for the belt when the two when the hebner twins did like a switch and helped Andre beat Hogan. Andre immediately he gave it to DiBiase. Yeah, he immediately gave it to DiBiase. So technically, Ted DiBiase was WWE champ for like five seconds, and then you know they they took they stripped him of the belt. He came out to a couple of more shows with the belt. Oh, he actually came out with the belt. 
Yeah, I think he came out with the belt and then they announced the tournament. Uh, but uh, I, yeah. I think and, and I think he actually fought on a house show as the champion. Came out wow. with the title and everything. I think there was a house show one, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I, I, I would do that. I would McIntyre it against Randy Orton. Um, they're both like almost similar builds, yeah. but like three M, you know, three MB finally made it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, can you imagine those three are the last ones? McIntyre, freaking Mahal, and and Heath Slater. Tease at Heath Slater winning with the Royal Rumble. Oh, if he slayed over to win the Royal Rumble, I would just be like, wow. Wow, I listen, didn't watch WrestleMania. Listen, man, Heath Slater's the only one that hasn't got pushed. Yeah. They gave Jinder... that little push with that whole gimmick, but it's a comedy gimmick. Yeah. And it ended up in a tag team, so it really didn't do nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, need, I have kids. I need to feed my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Heath Slater's very entertaining, and I've seen him on the outside doing stuff for WWE. He's a very, you know, he, he looks like a cool dude to hang out with and stuff like that. And you know he's definitely you know he he's he's made a paycheck just hanging around for a while you know what I mean, but um but yeah in terms of 2018 we've had a lot of returns Drew McIntyre being one of them uh, obviously he was in NXT in 2017 he was NXT champion and stuff like that but the return to the main roster another main roster return that we got in WWE in 2018 was Bobby Lashley coming off that big big run he had in TNA and all that how do you feel? Especially now, with with this weird character he's portraying now, alongside Leo Rush of all people, um, how do you feel they've been using Bobby Lashley? Originally, what I thought was going to happen was the setup, the monster setup of hey, maybe at SummerSlam, maybe at uh, Survivor Series, him and Brock, him and Brock in a big build-up, big main event, two behemoths who are MMA fighters, one from Bellator, one from UFC, finally clashing it out. Let's see how they get it on. These are two world, world champions. Let's just put them out there. Let's, let's, let's sell this. Have them go longer than Goldberg and Lesnar, yeah. you know? And then they just yeah. try to throw garbage Strowman. I'm tired of Strowman. People yeah. criticize Roman Reigns so much, but at least Roman Reigns wrestled. Yeah. Strong, I don't know what he does except the whole stupid one-two punch and slam thingy. I'm like, okay, that's it. He's just a monster. That's all he is. You know, he's a he's a he's a monster. You know, he's a huge dude. You know, that- <laughs> it was just yeah. You know, and the the problem with Roman Reigns was that people just felt it was cool to boo him, and then he got cancer, and all of a sudden those same people were like, oh, we miss you, Roman. <laughs> I'm like. Would have been nice when he was doing his thing instead of you booing him. Yeah, and and for, and for me that that's probably probably the biggest piece of news that has come out this year. Like, well, not probably the most shocking is uh, someone that young, Roman Reigns, announcing to the world that he has uh, gone into remission in terms of his battle with leukemia that he's been battling since he's about twenty-one years old. Um. When you first heard about that, I don't know if you were watching it live, but uh, when you first heard that he had to drop the Universal title after finally beating Lesnar for it and all that stuff, he had to drop the belt because of a battle with cancer. That For me, that caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. I thought he just got injured 
or something like that. But when he was saying, you know, you know, this isn't Roman Reigns talking. This is Joe. You know, my name is Joe Anwahi, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I've and I've been diagnosed with, with leukemia since I was a young kid. And and now I'm fighting it again. And there's a good chance we may never see that dude in the ring again. But like, how did you feel when you first heard about that? When I first heard about it, I was watching ESPN and it came out breaking news. Wow. Came out on the marquee, breaking news. Roman Reigns, Joanna Kiev, gets cancer. He, he gives up the title. This is that. We'll go into treatment. And I said, what the hell? And I go and I try to go back to Raw and I don't see anything on Raw because that already passed. Yeah. But I was like, oh, man. So I had to go and, and, and YouTube and Google it and, and try to find out what, what, what went on. And then I finally saw it. Um, I was sad. And I said, watch all these people come out. And now all of a sudden say, oh, we miss you, whatever this is that. But the fact of the matter is when he fought AJ Styles, I then saw that he could finally wrestle. Oh, yeah. That's what I, yeah. Oh, he could wrestle. He could wrestle. So I don't see what's the criticism. You know, um, the fact. And, and the thing is, they just didn't put too many people against them. They could have done more. They could have put different people. Yeah, okay, fine. You don't have them winning the championship all the time. I get that. But you do put them in the main event scene. You yeah. do. Kind of reminded me of uh, when WWE only had Diesel and uh, Bret Hart fighting for the world title. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, Diesel wasn't bad. You wanted to see him win the title, but... You didn't want him winning the title all the time, but you did want him in the main event picture, yeah. you know? So you had these who fighting Undertaker, these who fighting Bret Hart, these who fighting Sid Vicious, you know? So you had these things. You, 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 you spread the wealth. You didn't just put him and Braun Strowman all the time. <laughs> so in that, I think people complained about, oh, WWE's trying to force uh, Roman Reigns on us. No, they're trying to force Braun Strowman on you. But you're not paying attention because you're so stuck focusing on Roman Reigns. You're not seeing how they're sticking Braun Strowman down your throat. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like what they tried to do with Big John Studd until Andre the Giant slapped the living crap out of Big John Studd in the ring <laughs> and Big John Studd ran out of the ring. <laughs> you know? And yeah, they couldn't sell him anymore because they were like, oh no, you look like a big coward on TV. Yeah, well, I, yeah, you can't do that no more. I mean, but Andre could get away whatever he wanted. He was the boss. <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, the thing with Roman Reigns, and, and the thing is, and I had mentioned this when I first found out. I had mentioned that on the show. I said, look, I'm not the biggest fan of the Roman Reigns character itself. Like, I don't think he's that great on promos. I don't think... I've always said I don't mind him in the ring. He he can wrestle. He can work. The same thing with Cena. I think Cena could work, but his character's terrible. I've never cared for Cena as a character. Only, w But the thing with Roman is, like you said, he was main eventing WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania, and he wasn't even champion half the time. And I was like... What the fuck? Why is him and 58-year-old Undertaker main eventing WrestleMania? That was one of the worst main events ever at a WrestleMania. It was bad. You know what I mean? And then he main evented with Triple H. And then he main evented twice with Lesnar. And it was like, oh, God, enough. You know what I mean? Like, I, I got sick. I don't have a problem with him fighting uh, Undertaker at WrestleMania. It just shouldn't be the main event. No, exactly. Exactly. There were other... Title, the title match should have been the main event. It should and be. Undertaker 
um, uh, Undertaker Roman Reigns should have been like third to last or something. Yeah, that's what should happen. I mean, the, I think the thought process. I think the thought process behind that was they didn't want Lesnar and Goldberg main eventing. I guess I, I I forget what the WWE Championship match was at that WrestleMania. I forget who the champion was. Um, it was Lesnar and, and Goldberg, and I I actually would have put that as the finale. And they actually had a good. They actually had a good match. <laughs> it lasted all of ten minutes, but it was a really good ten minutes. <laughs> um. And the thing is, I know they wanted that feeling of Undertaker leaving his hat and his jacket in the ring, which we all knew he wasn't retiring anyway. But still, they made it seem like he was. But and the thing is, I said, look, I'm not a fan of the Roman Reigns character. However, Joe Anwahi is a real dude going through some real serious shit. So I wasn't going to sit there and talk, talk, you know, as if I'm speaking of Roman Reigns. I was talking of Joe Anuahi and what he was going through and all that shit. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. You know what I mean? He's a young guy. He's only 30 years old, 32 years old, whatever. He has a bunch of kids. He has his wife. You know, this is something that the dude could die from. You know what I mean? So I wished him a speedy recovery. Whether he makes it back to the ring or not is 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 moot at this point, as long as the dude is alive. You know what I mean? So, you know, the Roman Reigns character, not a big fan. But Joan Wahi as a person, hopefully he beats it again. And if he's able to get back into the ring, good. You know, he'll probably be the biggest babyface ever when he comes back. Because who's going to boo someone who just beats cancer? You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They put a cutout of Jim Neidhart on a table, for God's sakes. You know, I'm pretty sure Vince wouldn't lower him, you know, would lower himself to, you know, using it as an angle at some point if Roman did come back. I, I, he, he used it. That was my problem with, with the uh, Seth Rollins thing and uh, Dean Ambrose. Oh, they're that already they using it. Yeah, they're already using it. That they used the, the cancer immediately to, to make a split between the two. And I was just like, all right. Okay, because now what you do is you make fans really believe that the guy who's really truly sick that <coughs> you should be wishing him well wishes to get better. Oh, okay, it's a work. Yeah, I hate it, man. It's a work because I'm a smart, intelligent wrestling fan, and 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 this is what I do, and I know wrestling. And that's what it is. Yeah, I'm like, crazy, you don't know who the Orient Express is, and you don't know who Tanaka. And, 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 and Pat Tanaka and, and, and his partner were, then you ain't the smartest wrestling fan. <laughs> oh, you remember that team, bro? <laughs> Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond. I think they were a bad company back in the AWA. That's the that's what won me um, um, tickets to SummerSlam in 1995. No. Nope. Um, no way. Because of it. Because for two weeks, no one can answer that question. Who is the Orient Express? And they were asking on that radio show. Yeah. They were asking, who knows? Let's get a smart fan. And I'm like, wow, it's been two weeks. Nobody asked that. And I called in. 
And I said, I know the answer. He said, really? He said, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. How old are you? 16. Yeah, man. You know what I said? I started watching old videos of being a VHS. Yeah, I man. Like, <laughs> Yo, dude, I, I, I still have my VCR and my tapes still work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it, it is pretty crazy, man. They bring up Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond. That shit is funny. You know, Paul Diamond ended up becoming uh, Max Moon back in the early 90s because Conan decided it wasn't for him and, yeah. went, and went back to Mexico. <laughs> They spend all that money on that stupid crap suit, and then he <laughs> didn't, didn't do it, and then freaking Paul Diamond had to step in. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I, think, I think Conan actually wrestled one match, I think, as Max Moon, but it was untelevised, so no one could find it. Um, I, I looked on YouTube for years looking for for a match with Conan in WWE. That's the only one that's on, that's televised. Yeah. Him against Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I think that was on Raw. <laughs> Freaking That's Mac, it. freaking. I don't know. I don't. Ma- Max Moon was a horrible gimmick. <laughs> it was a horrible gimmick. Well, going back to 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 2018, man. Uh, another big thing that happened in 2018, at least for WWE, even though TNA was doing it for years before WWE even thought of doing it, was uh. The first ever women's pay per view. How did you? <laughs> how did you? How did you feel about the evolution? Oh, well, even before that, uh, they brought in a big, big female star in Ronda Rousey. How you think? How you think Ronda Rousey's been doing so far? And did you expect her to be as good as she is? She was gonna get the push. I don't think she's good. Um, she was gonna get the push regardless. It's like when they had uh, Ken Shamrock. It took years for Ken Shamrock to even grow on me. Yeah. I was like, well, whatever, Ken. Whatever, Ken. They're going to give you the IC title <laughs> and try to push to see if you get the WWE title, but you're not going to be worth it. Yeah. It wasn't until he won the NWA title in the first ever uh, TNA show That's right. that I was like, oh, okay, you're, you're there now. You're there now. <laughs> and that was years but, later. Exactly. And Ronda Rousey's nowhere close to it. She's undefeated. She's this, this and that with whatever it is that they feel. Um, She's boring. She can't take it when people go. Instead of taking it and saying, you know what, maybe I, you know, I'll, I'll be a good villain. Uh, I think but that's no, com- she looks I, like she's fine when they pull her. I think you know? it's coming though. I think I think that's coming though because, um, you know, all her homegirls are in NXT. Um, eventually, I see Shayna Baszler and, and the two other ones, uh, uh, Roderick Strong's wife, Marina Shafir, and um. And uh, Justin Duke, who I just recently saw when I went to the NXT house show out here in, in Florida, um, they're you know they're they're grooming them, even though they're not good. Justin Duke is better than Marina Shafir, but they're both not good. Shayna Baszler is there. Shayna Baszler is good. Uh, she has no mic skills, but neither does Ronda Rousey. Um, so they all have a lot of work to do in terms of personality and mic skills. Um, but the MMA background is what's going to carry them. Um and and I can carry over my skills will probably be uh, McGregor if he ever came. Yeah, I don't. I never see that That's happening fine. though. I never see that happening. Yeah. I never see that. Even though you know he made his millions already, man, with the McGregor with the with the Mayweather fight. Um, 
and uh, you know the money that he makes when he comes back to the UFC because he's a big star. Um, I he has no need to go to WWE, and he's so tiny. That's why it pissed me off so much when they had Mayweather fight Big Show at WrestleMania. That was so stupid and so. And I know you have to suspend your disbelief when it comes to pro wrestling. And Mayweather brought in a ton of money for that WrestleMania. But damn, bro. Of all the guys to choose for Mayweather to fight, you pick Big Show. Really? You're going to have a guy who's five foot six, 140 pounds, soaking wet, beat someone who's seven feet tall, 500 pounds in a freaking wrestling match? Come on, man. I, I it's not like you're gonna have a jujitsu guy coming in to actually legitimately beat a seven foot guy. Yeah, like choke him out guys or something that like that. Grab onto the arm and break an arm, and the ten foot guy's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, but it, it, it it's not it's not that. And I yeah I couldn't. But I, I what I'm curious to know is what were the numbers for Evolution because I didn't watch that garbage. I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, um, I wasn't interested. Not for nothing. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a terrible pay per view. It was actually for WWE. It was probably one of the highlight pay per views that they had in the year. It was actually okay. You know what I mean? The main event for me was garbage because it was Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey should not have been that main event. If you wanted to do something good, which they ended up doing later on, which I thought it was going to be Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair or Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch which they did later on at Survivor Series last month when Charlotte and Ronda had a good, they had a very good match, mainly because Charlotte Flair went apeshit and beat the shit out of her at the end of it. But, um, you know, uh, besides that main event, they had some decent matches. You know, the 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 last match for the Mae Young Classic with uh, Tony Storm and Io Shirai, that was a good match. Um, Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane for the NXT Women's title, that was a good match. Um... Even in the beginning, you had the old-timers. You had Trish Stratus and Lita going up against Mickey James and Alicia Fox. That was a decent tag team match. You know, good you know, nostalgia, a little kick or whatever. Um, you know, they had some decent matches. The The battle royal battle royals are always fun. You have the old-timers in there with some of the young chicks and stuff. Um, it was a decent show. I'll give it that. It wasn't awe-inspiring. It wasn't, you know, if you missed it, you missed something incredibly special. No, but if, if you had nothing to do that that Sunday night, it was a decent show. It was it was okay. It was just for me, I'll give it like a B, B minus or something. It wasn't, you know, like, oh, you know, we have to have these every year, even though I think they're gonna do it. But um but yeah, I think it was okay. It was pretty good. Oh, and Charlotte and Becky had a had a very good uh um last man standing match. You know what I mean? So that for me, the Charlotte Becky match was the best match of the night. Um, and that main event with with Bella and and Rousey was was rough. But besides that, the card was pretty good. For me, you just mentioned probably three good wrestlers, and it's just a redo of <coughs> and Trish Stratus were the only talent, and then Mickey James came in, and then they had all these this roster of female wrestlers that all sucked, and you had three good wrestlers. It's, <laughs> It's itself. It's like you have three or four good ones, and then you have thirty to forty. Ugh. Like yeah. when you see the punches, you see the punches are so like, like so fake, like air, air punches. I just saw one the other day, and I think it was um, was it Mandy Rose 
threw a punch at somebody and like the person was in the corner and <laughs> the punch was nowhere near and the person was pretending she got hit by the thing. I'm like, wow, air must really hurt from the speed, you know, of the unstructured. You know? I'm like, whatever. Or when, or when that other girl kicked um the blondie in the face. Oh my god. When um <laughs> when Brie Bella kicked Brie Bella kicked Liv Morgan dead in the face, bro. <laughs> and it's, for me it's like uh, the only the only one there is Becky Lynch and, and she needs to give up the man gimmick thing because you know what? And and, and it becomes political. It becomes your own politics into wrestling. Leave it out. Leave this whole new society stuff out. She's taking the whole thing about the man thing. And now she's the villain because you think about it, men are always bad to women, which is not true. Yeah. But that's what that's what you're going with. Yeah. And you're showing that. And then you're giving her the title and oh, oh, now she's threatening the other women in the thing, just a man behavior. You, you you're making it a whole feminist thing. And it's just like there's no place for it. It's like there's no place for politics and sports for ESPN to be doing the garbage they do. There's yeah. no they need to leave it out. Come on. Let's 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 go back to the days of Good versus bad, that's what wrestling used to be, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think the whole the whole Becky Lynch thing, and you heard what Road Warrior Animal had to say about it. He, he, and I agree with him, but people yeah. calling him, oh, sexist and this and that. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he had a difference of opinion? Yeah. Because I don't agree with you? Now you're going to label me and try to ruin my career? Like, what happened, you know, we're entitled to opinions, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, it's not like Road Warrior Animal's a nobody. Like, he's a freaking legend in the sport. Like, he's he's probably part of... And for me, I mean, I know every a lot of people believe that the Legion of Doom are probably the best tag team of all time. I think they're top three. I, I'm more of a Steiner Brother fan. But, you know, the Legion of Doom are, you know, measuring sticks when it comes to tag team wrestling. No doubt about it. And Road Warrior Animal's a freaking legend. And if he has an opinion about something... You got to think his opinion should be respected at least. You know what I mean? He goes rogue on some things. But, yes, for the most part, I agree. He, he, he said some things that I'm like, shut up, animal. <laughs> Don't say anything on that. But um, it's, it's like Jim Cornette. The only difference is that Jim Cornette is respected because he has those extreme lefty views at times. So they, they respect him. But Jim Cornette says a lot of valid points. Yeah, he does. I like Jim. And, and, and people and people don't and people will take Jim Cornette's word and go, okay, this is mad. Except the Young Bucks fans who get mad when Jim Cornette talks about the Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah. That kills no, I like I like Jim. I've always liked listening to Jim Cornette. And and the funny thing is, as much as people think he's insane and crazy, I like Vince Russo too. Even though Vince Russo's a little weird, but I like hearing, you know, his opinion on stuff and all that. Because one thing you can't take away from Vince Russo is with Vince McMahon as his filter, he was a part of that era of wrestling where the WWE was at its peak. He was. He was a part of it. And that's one thing you can't take away from Vince Russo, even though a lot of people blame him for the death of WCW. Let's be real. WCW was dying before Vince Russo got there. I, I still don't understand why WCW just didn't sell to, uh, to Jerry Jarrett. Or, or Jarrett, yeah. Yeah, Jerry Jarrett made the offer, and they decided to say no to him and sell it to Vince McMahon for $2 million. <laughs> that still, to me, doesn't make any sense. Why, T, 
the the people behind CNN, TNT, whatever it is, the, the oh, Time Warner folks. Time, time Warner, up, yeah. Yeah, I, what was the premise behind that? $2 million versus, they gave you a solid, what was it, like, I think it was like 10, 15 million? Yeah. Offer or something, or more? Because I think they were, they were even buying out the contracts that Time Warner had. Oh, the wrestlers? Yeah, like yeah. For, for, for Nash and Hall, they were buying out the contracts, too, in their offer. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we'll take the $2 million. Yeah, they, they, they took the money from Vince, and then... All those wrestlers sat for like a year or two before they before they did anything, and that's why we got the invasion they we more. got. They take more in the long run. Yeah, and then we got a watered down, whack ass invasion of WCW guys when we could have got right off the bat Goldberg and and the NWO and and Sting and all these other guys. Instead, we got Chuck Palumbo and 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 Sean O'Hare and who are not bad wrestlers, but let's be real, they they weren't the face of WCW. You know what I mean? We also got the best tag team in the world, though. Sure. Billy and Chuck. <laughs> Billy and Chuck. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that was, that, that's the best thing we got out of Chuck Palumbo. Even though we yeah. did we did get his motorcycle gimmick after that, too. I don't know if you remember that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, but, yeah, man. So, for you, it was the best match of 2018. <sighs> for 2018, uh, there's some there's some goodies out there. Um, off the top of my dome, I'm not. I gotta think about it. I gotta think about it. Um, hmm. I know. Well, not for nothing. I could go back maybe even a month ago, and 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 it started slow. It started very slow actually, but then when it picked up, it was actually very good. Is the match that Daniel Bryan had with Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series? I don't know if you saw the match, but but it, it, for some reason, like you said, they did that quick turn where Bryan turned heel and then he took the belt from AJ literally a week before Survivor Series, and then they had the match with Bryan and Lesnar. And I know Bryan always wanted to work Lesnar for some reason, and they just never got around to doing it because he got injured and he had to retire or whatever the case. But that was actually a very freaking good match, man. The match with, with Brian and Lesnar. It was actually pretty good. I I think that's a strong one. I think in, in if I had to have a list of matches, I'll put that one. I'll put the first uh Brian and AJ Styles. Yeah. I'll put the even the follow-up one, I thought was pretty good. And then I'll put the two Cody and Nick Aldis matches. Those would be my five matches for the year. I would not put Kenny Omega and Okada. I think they were overhyped matches. Um, they were great. Yeah, they were good. But they were overhyped because you have people like Meltzer. Oh, I want to be... Uh, yeah, I Dave, love Dave, the Omega match. Dave Meltzer I thought the Jericho a... Omega match was better, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, Dave Meltzer is... Uh, eh. When it comes to New Japan, you can't go wrong when it comes to Dave Meltzer. <laughs> yeah, the, but, two, the two out of three falls they had... Like, I, he gave it another six-star match. I'm like, seriously? That thing wasn't even that great. Bro, not Two for nothing. I enjoyed I enjoyed the match with Kenny and Jericho. Uh, yes. You know, a, a little bit more. Because not just because they worked better together. Because, obviously, Omega and, and, and Okada have awesome chemistry. And, obviously, Okada finally beat him. Finally got the belt. Whatever the case. But I saw that match already. And it's like... 
I saw that match a few times already, and it was like, okay, yeah, I get it. They have amazing matches. But it's going to be the same match over and over and over. They didn't really do much different, to be honest with you. It was it just went longer. You know what I mean? So for me, to see something different, even though it's Jericho, and I've been seeing Jericho since I'm like seven, eight years old, but to see Jericho at this stage in his career, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up, the freaking reemergence of Chris Jericho in New Japan Pro Wrestling for the first time in like 25 years. Because he hasn't been in Japan since like the 90s. And all of a sudden, he's having great matches with Omega and Naito and, and, and Evil and all these other dudes from LIJ and, 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 and Bullet Club and all that stuff. How do you feel at Jericho at almost age 50 still doing what he's doing? That's what the best wrestlers do. The great ones do it like what Jericho's doing. He's one of the best ones. Yeah. And I think... He was underrated. WCW made that mistake. He came in, and when he came in, even I remember he was so good even when he was the Lionheart in yeah. WCW. Oh, yeah. I, I can tell right then and there, this guy's different. And then I remember seeing some tapes of him in Japan because someone said, oh, he was this in Japan. He was in a gimmick suit. Yeah. He was good. And then someone showed me something else with him and a guy called Lance Storm. I said, who's that guy, Lance Storm? Ah, they were the thrill seekers. Yeah, and, and they were, they almost killed themselves in one match, but he wrestled with his arm broken. He kept going. And I was like, Jericho is a beast. Dude, there's, yeah. a, there's a video I have on tape somewhere. I have hidden somewhere. It was a match that they had in Smoky Mountain Wrestling where it was them against the Heavenly Bodies. And, bro, I think it was Jericho because Storm didn't get, didn't get color, but Jericho got busted open in that match. And he was just bleeding from head to toe. And he, he lost so much blood in that match. And it, it was a sick match. And I was like, damn. I was like, this blonde kid is, is, is tough. Like, he's hardcore. And from there, and that was in the early 90s. And then he ended up in ECW. He won the, the television title. He had matches with Shane Douglas and Pitbull and, and freaking Rey uh, and, uh, Rey Mysterio and freaking uh, Too Cold Scorpio and... And all these other guys. And I was like, wow, I really like this dude, Lionheart, whatever. Then he ended up in WCW. And I was like, oh, shit, look at this. And then he was, in, like you said, he was in Japan, wrestled another famous Canadian, Chris Benoit. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, he wrestled Benoit. He wrestled Eddie, Dean Malenko, all these guys in Japan and all that stuff. And I've just always been a fan of Jericho. And... um what he's doing in Japan right now is just obviously he's not in the best of shape. He's an older guy, you know. He got some budginess around him, but he can still, he still do. Move. He can still move. Yeah, he can still do what he got. What what he what he does, and you know, he's just great, man. I consider him uh, as the years went on. I, I put him, and and the thing is, we used to do a thing on the show where we'll have something called the Great Debate, where we take two guys that are so close in terms of. Um, um, like legendary status in terms of longevity, promo cutting, uh, in-ring work, and all that stuff. And we'll debate on who's better and why. And we'll put guys against each other that you wouldn't think. Like one time we did Cena and Hogan. And one time we did... Uh, <clears throat> and uh, we did Cena and Hogan. We did Brian and Punk. Um, and, one, and another one that I'm thinking that I always thought of doing and I'm still thinking of doing and might do it 
and I'll let you know when we do that. Um, I'm thinking of doing Jericho and Shawn Michaels because a lot of people proclaim Shawn Michaels to be probably the greatest in-ring, you know, competitor and overall great pro wrestler of all time. At this point now, I I I can see Jericho passing him. I don't know. They fought already, so when um, Jericho had so much praise for Shawn Michaels, saying that he took a lot from what what Shawn Michaels did and reinvented the he invented himself because of Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would I would say that even. I don't know if, if passing him, no. I say he got he, he got to the Shawn Michaels level because he worked with Shawn Michaels and he, he he was able to have that awesome freaking main event at or not main event but that match at WrestleMania with him. Oh yeah. And then from there, he comes out and he starts kind of becoming just like him. Yeah. He becomes the Shawn Michaels. You know, so he, I think he, he ends out his career when he finally retires being the Shawn Michaels of his generation, like the the old guy that has a great match with everyone. Oh, yeah. You know, I think I think that's who he's become. He's become a legend in his own, an icon on his own, you know. But oh, yeah. um, he just had better gimmicks <laughs> than Shawn Michaels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> Uh, very uh very apropos that we mentioned Shawn Michaels uh in 2018 he made his return to the ring for an Abu Dhabi show for uh Saudi Arabia of all places uh got Shawn Michael out of retirement but was it against AJ Styles no was it against Daniel Bryan no it was a tag team match him and Triple H against Undertaker and Kane what a way to come back um yeah I don't know if you remember the actual match itself. It wasn't that good. And afterwards, Shawn Michaels says he's never wrestling again. Um, wouldn't we have loved a different way for Shawn Michaels to come back? <laughs> the only match I would have wanted to see, two matches, <clears throat> for Shawn Michaels to come back, either AJ Styles or his protege, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Because he's the one who trained Daniel Bryan. Yeah. A lot of people don't. Yeah, it was Shawn Michaels. It's Shawn Michaels' school of wrestling. Yeah. So did Michael Shane, who was Shawn Michaels' uh, little cousin. Yeah. That later, Michael like, Shane is no longer in the picture. Later on, he, he, en- he ended up being Matt Bentley in TNA later on. And, and a lot of people don't know also about Michael Shane. He actually started in, in, in at the end of ECW, too. Um, I remember seeing Michael Shane in in dark matches in ECW with Julio De Niro and, and Kid Cash and and uh, Easy Money, who who became like Jason Jett in WCW. Like a lot of those guys, he started back then. And uh, yeah, he used a lot of Shawn Michaels' repertoire when he was in TNA, the top rope elbow, the super kick, all that stuff. And uh, he was good for a little while, and then uh, he kind of d- just disappeared. <laughs> he was in a... T- he was in a tag team with Frankie Kazarian for a little while in TNA. Um, but, uh, yeah, it didn't last too long. But, yeah, Shawn Michaels trained Daniel Bryan. William Regal helped train Daniel Bryan. And another guy who was in that class with Daniel Bryan in Shawn Michaels' school was Brian Kendrick, who made his uh, comeback to WWE uh, for for that 205 Live show, and he's still hanging around. Um, yeah, man. I mean, 2018 had his ups and downs. Had some crazy moments, had some interesting moments, and they ended the year pretty much with the McMahons pretty much taking over the whole show again, uh, relinquishing Paige as SmackDown general manager, getting rid of, obviously, Baron Corbin's not the general manager of Raw anymore, 
Um, and you know they're saying they're listening to the fans. This is going to be a new era, and they're they're bringing up new stars now. The stars that they're bringing up from NXT were people I weren't I w- I wouldn't have thought it would be these guys, but. I mean, obviously, they've been promoting Lars Sullivan for a long time. And real quick, I'll, I'll get into all the guys they're bringing up from NXT, and we could give our opinions on them as, you know, uh, could close close the show out pretty soon. But um, now that we're up to date pretty much toward the end of the year, um, what do you think of Lars Sullivan on the main roster? What do you think they're going to do with him? They're going to do another strong. <laughs> another they're going to do another strong. That, that's what they're gonna do, and 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 it's unfortunate because they'll they'll probably bore us with him because Lars Sullivan also has like five moves, so it's like <laughs> you know it, it, it's 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 you know I I personally would like to see Lars Sullivan and Strowman as a heel tag team. Wow, and probably plummet. Um, what's what's that team that 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 uh, the Bludgeon Brothers? Oh, I'll throw them in a yeah i think i mean i think eric rowan is pretty much on the shelf for for a long time i don't know what they're gonna do with luke harper um bray wyatt bray wyatt has been putting out like cryptic tweets for like the past few months he made another return i think at the holiday house show this past week so there's a rumor going around that luke harper is gonna join back up with bray wyatt i don't know what they're gonna do with that but uh but yeah eric rowan has been injury prone most of his career so I don't know how long he's going to be out, but, uh, yeah. I mean, Luke Harper's still around. Let's see what they do with him. I'm not sure. But, but yeah, Lars Sullivan, man, I, I saw him at, at an NXT house show a couple uh, a couple months back. He had a match with uh, with uh, Keith Lee, as a matter of fact, and um, that was an interesting one. Um, but Lars Sullivan, yeah, he's a big dude. He has a couple of, you know, big moves here and there. He's a thick guy. He's like you know over three hundred pounds, only like six foot two. He's not that tall, but he's huge. Um, Think about it. You know, history repeats itself. Look at the eighties. Okay, you had <clears throat> one man gang, big boss man, Hulk Hogan. Um, who who else was there? Or all these uh, big guys. Probably Bam, Bam Bam Bigelow. Exactly. Now now let's fast forward twenty eighteen. Lars Sullivan, Braun Strowman. Right. Okay, you have McIntyre. McIntyre is a more he's a wrestler, wrestler. Yeah. Oh, uh, you have who else? Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Right. Yeah. You have Keith Lee, and now they just went and signed that guy in in the UK, Walter. Walter. He's a giant himself. Yeah. You don't see it repeating itself that WWE. Oh, we want to go back to what it was. Let's get all these big guys. Yeah, the big guys. Yeah. For like five moves. I'm like, okay. All right. You got away with Hulk Hogan. Andre the Giant was a big dude, but you knew he was gonna come kick your ass with five hundred moves. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he was he grabbed somebody's face, grabbed the hair, poked the eye, kicked somebody, squashed them in the corner, slammed them, jumped on top of them, kicked them with his big boots, stomped yeah. them, stepped yeah. on them, got on top of them. There were different things he did. He sat on people in the corner. Yeah. You know, he knew he knew how he knew how to work. Yes. These guys don't. They're like, it's always the same five moves. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. So it's just like, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe um, Lars Sullivan, when he gets to the main roster, will develop much better. 
But um, it's hard for me to see it when I just see Lars Sullivan as a maybe put him with Strowman in a tag team. Give some respectability back to your tag team division because you know what? I think WWE is the only one missing the boat where tag teams are. Yeah. And the the thing is, uh, which brings me to the the next two guys that they're bringing up from NXT, which I was kind of shocked because I I feel like these guys could use a little bit more seasoning. But uh, they're bringing heavy machinery from NXT up to the main roster, um, which makes me think that uh, they're just – desperate for new tag teams uh that that just that just reeks of desperation to me because i don't know how heavy machinery is getting moved up and these guys pretty much just made their debut like last year they just brought up authors of pain why not just utilize what you have yeah it's just like build up what you have with authors of pain how about um you know pairing them back up with their manager letting letting them do their thing instead of Putting them with freaking with the what's the what the British guy the short guy that they put uh, authors of pain with Rockstar Spud. Yes, Rockstar Spud. <laughs> doing that, I'm just like, oh, uh, that was a weird pairing. I don't know. I don't know if it was a contract thing that they had with uh with Paul Ellering that they couldn't keep him, or I, I don't know what that was about. But you know, uh, Paul Ellering is a legendary manager. I don't know how they didn't keep him. WWE wanted only female valets. I think it came out somewhere where they didn't want. It was like McMahon wanted something about he didn't want male managers on the on the scene, and now he's having second thoughts about it. Yeah, yeah, because now you have Bobby Lashley with Leo Rush, and you have uh, Authors of Pain with with Drake Maverick, which is his WWE name. Um, and then obviously, you know, whenever Brock comes out, he has Heyman. So, uh, it, I mean, it's good to have managers, but shit, I mean. Where did they come up with that to have these two monsters not with the guy who's known to be the manager of monsters? I mean, he had freaking LOD. Um, you know, later on down the road, he had the uh, Disciples of Apocalypse, the DOA, and then now he had Authors of Pain. How do you go from that to him not being around and giving them to Rockstar Spud of all people? It was just a weird move. I wasn't expecting it. Um, Leo Rush is a wrestler. I don't know how he's a manager, but, uh, you know, I guess they're trying different shit with him because he's so little, I guess. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're bringing up heavy machinery and another weird, weird call up. They're calling up Lacey Evans from NXT. She's a, she's a former, I think Marine or former Sutton, uh, in the military. And, you know, she's only been in NXT for about a year as well, but she wasn't like, NXT Women's Champion. She wasn't really anything huge, to be honest with you. So what was... What, what, I don't know why they're calling her up. They have a million girls on the roster. Uh, they bring in her and they bring in Nikki Cross, who I thought was already brought up to begin with, who I thought they should have just brought up when they brought Sanity up. But uh, yeah, they're bringing Nikki Cross and they're bringing Lacey Evans. And for me, the biggest call up from this group that they're bringing up is EC3. Now... What roster do you see an EC3 going to, and is he going to be used as a star, or is he going to be a bust? Damn. That's that's the first guy they needed to call up. Um, But, um, damn. I think they're going to drop the ball on this one. If they dropped it with Lashley, they're going to drop it with EC3. I would put him on SmackDown. Yeah. 
Um, I would probably have him feud with AJ Styles and have him get over. Yeah. If if it would, but um, they, I think they're gonna just drop it. They dropped it with Bobby Roode. They had they had a chance I with Bobby Roode. Just about to bring that name up. <laughs> and it, it, it's just it's, I feel it's just the same thing. It's just gonna be the same thing, more of the same. They didn't even make it work in um, in uh, NXT with EC3. I'm looking at WrestleZone right now as it was speaking, and and it says as Edge and Christian gives praise to EC3 and other WWE call-ups. But yeah, you can praise that, but it's like, what's gonna happen once he's there? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's a different and story. I just, yep. I just feel it, it just it may not be, it may not work out yeah i mean ec3 didn't last in nxt but for a few months because he made his debut the same time as ricochet same time uh, he was in that ladder match for the north american championship that was his first match it was him ricochet adam cole a whole bunch of them and that was his first night and that was like maybe six months ago this is a very quick call up to the point of why was he even in nxt to begin with if you want to make him look strong, make him take the title off of uh, Rusev. Ah, oh, the U.S. title, yeah. That's what I would do. Make him look strong. And and make him give Rusev problems. And they'll be like, wait a minute, wait, wait, what? Speak, yeah. Speaking of that U.S. title, what are they? What what's going to happen with Nakamura in 2019? I think he's going back to Japan. Yeah? Yeah. I think he made his money and he's out. <laughs> yeah. I think he's out. I <clears throat> everyone talks so high about yeah, oh all elite, all elite, all elite. I really think a lot of these people, you're gonna see them again, they're gonna leave. It's gonna look like they're gonna disappear. And then you're gonna see the Crockett Cup. Crockett Cup is gonna come. You're gonna see Luke Gallows, Anderson, the Revival, the Young Bucks. You're gonna see Nakamura with some Japanese guy there. You're gonna see you're gonna see people, you're gonna be like, oh my god. And somehow, NWA is going to get some funding. Um, All Elite may just blend in with NWA. Who knows? The guy from the the Jacksonville Jaguars, the one who I think is trying to fund All Elite. But because he wants All Elite or because he wants something else like an NWA, you know? Who knows? It may not be that announcement come come, um, a couple of days from now. Because when 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 are, when are these people supposed to make that announcement? On the first or on the second? Uh, I think I think around yeah, like the second or the third or something like that. Yeah. So we're already on the thirtieth. I mean, a couple of what thirty minutes or so. Don't be thirty first. <laughs> it that means there's a day before that announcement, you know. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, this, we'll, this... We'll... There's going to be a lot of change coming in 2019, bro. I think it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan with all the companies that are coming up, with all the stuff that's happening. And um, with the Royal Rumble coming up, there's always there's always a new a new person that, that pops up into the WWE, whether it be an NXT call-up or, or whether it be someone from another promotion. Now, I know a lot of guys are probably leaving WWE. What... And I know they made an announcement that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are on their way back from injury, which is a good thing. We need some influx of, of those guys back into the fold. Um, who, if any, do you see from outside making the jump to the WWE? Uh, 
if any at all. I definitely, I don't see the Young Bucks. Everybody, oh, they're going to make it in. No. I, I could probably see Kenny Omega. Kenny? Yeah, Kenny Omega. And then he, he's probably going to come in thinking, well, I'm going to be a big shot. I'm going to get in. They'll, they'll start it out like he's going to be sort of like Finn Balor. Like, wow, look, Finn. Oh, this is now. Look, look, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Look at you, Finn. You're at the top. And then, oh, there you go, Finn. <laughs> I mean, do you, I mean, you don't think they'll give him like an AJ Styles treatment? Because, um, you know, Kenny's been like the darling for the past like two or three years. I think they're going to try to push NXT on him. Really? You see, when AJ Styles had <coughs> came to the WWE, TNA had the same style of camera angles. So AJ Styles was, he already knew how to adapt to the WWE camera angles. Um, So NXT, the excuse with NXT, the the excuse they use to put you in NXT is, oh, you need to learn how we use our cameras and our camera angles. Yeah. So they can say that, oh, look, you have some great spots in your Okada fight, but you didn't use the camera angles appropriately. And so... They'll sell him the NXT angle and say, oh, you know, we'll do like, look what we did with EC3. He wasn't down there for too long. Yeah. And they'll do that. Fans will be outraged. They'll probably have to then <laughs> expedite the process and then he'll be up. But um, they'll try to blame it on he doesn't know the camera angles and why he shouldn't be the champion. Give him an intercontinental title or a US title, probably an intercontinental title. Put him against Seth Rollins. Put him over against Seth Rollins. The match won't make as much money as they thought it would make. And then they'll can the idea of making him the Universal Top Champion. I'll tell you this. No one will complain about him going to NXT if he wrestles Ricochet. <laughs> oh, my God. That's an awesome. I mean, I, I, mean I think he'll have much. I mean, obviously, there's there's major competition he can have in WWE right now. You figure Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles, Kenny Omega versus Finn Balor, Kenny Omega versus Rollins, like you said, um, are all big, big matches that he can have right away. But you go to NXT, you could put him against Adam Cole. You could put him against Ricochet. You could put him against Velveteen Dream. You could put him against Matt Riddle. Cassius Ono, you could put him up against anybody on that NXT roster, and it's going to be a, a crazy match. Um, you know, but the sky's the limit if they bring bring him in. He could have an amazing match with with pretty much anybody. It's just, will he have that fanfare enough like an AJ Styles had or a Samoa Joe had or a lot of those guys that they brought in as of late? Will Kenny Would Kenny Omega be a big deal in WWE. Do you think Vince McMahon knows who Kenny Omega is? <laughs> Not even sure. But he does know about the Japanese market. <laughs> even from remember when he sent Hulk Hogan with the with the WWE title to yeah. fight in Japan? Yeah. Um, after WrestleMania nine. You know? It was more of to keep Hulk Hogan in the fold, not to get him to go to WCW, but um I think you know he does he is aware. Tony Anoki and stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. 
He's aware of New Japan. He's aware. Then then Hogan wrestled Muda when he had the WWE title right there at that point. That was a good match. Had the uh, NWA title at the time because it was vacated and Muda had that. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan had the WWE title and basically Hogan got put over. It was big in the in the newspapers in Japan. Hogan won. <clears throat> um, it wasn't a unification match, but it was to see which champion was better. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, that that pisses me off. That Muda Muda's like, and even Liger. He recently had his match in NXT at NXT Brooklyn. I went to that one. Um, oh shit! It's already going on three years. I would I would say at this point, um, where he he wrestled Tyler Breeze. Um, but but Muda's like the only dude, like the only major legendary Japanese dude, to 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 not wrestle for WWE. I mean WWE had uh, had uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. They had Antonio Inoki at one point. Antonio Inoki beat Bob Backlund for the WWE title, but they didn't recognize it. Um. They had a lot of legendary Japanese guys wrestle for the company, and just as recently they brought in Nakamura, who's a legend in Japan right now. Um, you know, they bring in a lot. Uh, they brought in a lot of the Japanese dudes, which they they really didn't know how to utilize. And even with Nakamura, they really don't know how to utilize him. If it wasn't for Nakamura's uh, 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 charisma, he wouldn't have lasted as long as he had. Um, but but yeah, man. I mean. Kenny's really the only big name I can think that they could bring in now and it will really mean anything because they have pretty much raped the whole indie scene the past two or three years and they pretty much have every big name they can have right now for the most part. I think for tag teams, I I would love to see the Briscoes come in. I think the Briscoes, um, for me, <coughs> excuse me, on the, for me, they've been probably the best tag team in the past like 15 years. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Briscoes. I think the Briscoes and the Usos could could have an amazing tag match. Um, I'm sick of the New Day, to be honest with you. I've been sick of them for the past three years. Um, uh, I think, ugh. you know, I, I understand you need them for comedy, but you know, enough. Uh, I will. That's why what, what they look at them is they make they make money. Yeah. Uh, I think they they're gonna get their own show or something like that. So that's why. If not, they they would have. Made them heal again. Yeah. A long time ago, made them like, like bad heels. Like at the beginning, where they were just like, they were just evil. Well, <laughs> you you remember when they first came together? They were supposed to be like the new nation of domination, but um, they didn't they didn't want that type of militant like black you know evil type character like they had back in the day because they didn't want it like a negative connotation to it. Even though in the Attitude Era, the Nation of Domination was freaking dope when it first came out. Farouk, Ron Simmons played a very, very good angry dude. And, and he was the leader. You know, you had D'Lo Brown. You had Kama Mustafa. You had, uh, you had Savio Vega, the only Puerto Rican in the group, which was funny. They had PG-13, the two white rappers. They had... Uh, yeah. They had um they had Crush who had just supposedly came out of prison. Uh, it, it it was a funny group. Like it was it was, it, but you took it serious. Like it was a crazy group. And The Rock came into the fold, and that's how he got catapulted into his career because Rocky Maivia sucked. So The Rock was born in the Nation of Domination. You know what I mean? So that's what I thought was gonna happen, and then they turned into like a choir singing, you know, comedic whatever they are you know what i mean so i'm just sick of i'm just sick of the new day uniform garbage 
everything they do is based off of trends. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, so that 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 that's what kills it. But it also makes the money. Yeah. Look, yeah. To a real wrestling fan, you're like, eh, I'm done with it. To the kids and to the masses, they look at them, oh, that's the new day. Oh, unicorns. Oh, booty up. Pancakes. That's the thing. <laughs> Which I still don't get, but I'm like, well, I get what I don't get. You know what I mean? I get it. I get the tongue in cheek, but I really don't get it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yo, I, I'll tell you this much. You mentioned MLW earlier. Someone who, when he's seasoned, when he is seasoned, I would love in 2019 to see Brian Pillman in WWE. Oh, the junior? Yeah. yeah. That whole group. I, I mean, I know, I know Teddy. I know Teddy Hart is like blackballed. I know he ain't ever gonna sniff WWE again, but. You know, Harry Smith is another one I'll, I probably don't see making a return. But if they can finagle a way to get Brian Pillman into NXT, I would be really happy with that. I think NWA gets them first. Oh, yeah. That's what I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can see because that. you're going to have that Killer League squad coming back again. And, and I tell you that because there was a show in Japan and you had Lance Archer and uh, uh, David Boy Smith Jr. again. Joining together, and they were um, heels, and they were with Zach Zach Saber, uh, Zach Saber Jr. Yeah, and they really like beat down whatever team it was. Uh, I think it was the the Ibonables of Japan. Yeah, I think they beat Ibon Sonata right after they won the thing. They just came and plummeted them, plummeted them, like ran through them like nothing, just like stomped on them and everything. You know that's a that that that's another guy that I didn't think about, but I'm surprised because they brought Zack Saber Jr. in for I think that Cruiserweight Classic, and I'm surprised he didn't sign. You know they and they had Kota Ibushi too for a cup of coffee, but Kota Ibushi he had some matches in NXT, and then he was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go back to Japan. He he didn't really want to stay. I think if they would have kept Kota Ibushi and Zack Saber Jr., that those would have been two big pickups also. Um, even though in 2019, I think Matt Riddle is going to be a big deal. I think he's really good. I saw Matt Riddle live at a house of glory show in Queens a couple of years back wrestling Cody. And, um, I was like, wow, I remember when Matt Riddle fought in the UFC and he was pretty good, but he kept getting cut because he was smoking weed. So I was like, oh, he might as well join wrestling because they'll let you get away with that shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so RVD. RVD, you know what I mean? Even though it cost him the WWE title, but that's another story. Um, but um, he got caught. Yeah, because he got caught. Not because he was doing it, but because he got caught. Yeah, he got caught with Sabu, of all people. And they didn't really have, you know, good liking to Sabu to begin with. So, you know, whatever. But, um... But yeah, I think Matt Riddle's going to be a big deal. Obviously, Velveteen Dream is already there. He's going to be a big deal in 2019. And uh, I think we're going to get the Undisputed Era after WrestleMania. Uh, they're probably going to come out on Raw and jump somebody. Um, and I think Adam Cole is immediately going to be a big star in the WWE on the main roster um, as a heel, of course. Um, now, the question is... when the Yeah. Now, the question for, for, for you, and we're, we're going to close up in like two minutes, but the question is, when the Undisputed Era gets brought up, is it going to be all four of them? Is Roderick Strong going to stay in this group, or you think it's just going to be the three? It would be a mistake if they don't bring them all four. Yeah. 
I think I think you have in that group, you have a new generation of the four horsemen. Yeah, I and, can see and that. you can you can run with that. You can run with that team, and you can have the free board, the free bird rule where you can have them winning tag team titles, individual titles, and they're just passing along, and you don't know who you're gonna get. Yeah, at the pay per view, matched up against you, and <clears throat> because of that. You can have them with a long title reign of the tag team titles, and you're like, oh, okay. You have Adam Cole defending uh, with Bobby Fish, and then you know people are gonna be tuned in, like, who's gonna fight this week on for the for the, uh, defending the title, you know? So it brings a revival. It brings that whole teamwork thingy, the whole four horsemen feel. Like, I, I think I think if Strong's not in it, it will be a big mistake. Yeah. I agree. I think you got to keep all four of them together. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, like I said, with WrestleMania season around the corner, because Royal Rumble pretty much starts WrestleMania season. Um, we pretty much earlier spoke on who we think might win the Rumble, leaning towards Drew McIntyre. Um, I think. I mean, yeah, I can see Drew winning it. Um, and then, like I said, WrestleMania is literally. Right around the corner. I, I wanted to try to make the trip out to New York this year to go check it out. Um, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still I, even, you know, my wife is pregnant. My my daughter is going to be born a few weeks before that. So it's looking interesting. But um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, um, 2019 is looking like it's going to be a big, exciting year for the whole in a world of professional wrestling, not just the mainstream, not just WWE, but all over the place. It's looking like a big, big wrestling, you know, not to sound cliche, because I know Jeff Jarrett said it a while back that a wrestling boom is coming, even though on his end it has not shown up because Global Force really didn't do anything, and now he's piggybacking off of Billy Corgan. But, you know, wrestling is going to be a big deal again. I, I don't think it'll ever reach the height that it did back in the Attitude Era where we're channel surfing to see one thing. We're recording a different show while we're watching another one. I don't think it's ever going to get back to that again. But for me, I think 2019, 2020, like the years to come, I think is going to be really, really exciting time for wrestling fans. I think a lot of the old guard is going to be gone within that year. I think John Cena, who is literally just making a handful of appearances a year now, um, I think he eventually will just be gone by 2020 guys like him randy orton taker kane a lot of those old guard is gonna be gone within the next year or two and i think we're gonna have a bunch of young blood a bunch of fresh legs fresh faces and uh you know the guys who are in nxt now are gonna be the main guys in the main roster within the next year so it's pretty exciting man and um yeah, man, with that being said, you know, I want to thank Sammy for jumping on. You're more than welcome whenever you want. Let me know when you want to come through. I'll let you on. And, uh, you know, it was a great talk, talking about old school stuff, talking about, you know, what the year that was, 2018 in professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, this is the last show of the year. 2019 is literally, within the next few minutes, literally a day away. Unreal, bro how quick these years are going. I feel like, dude, being married and having children, I feel like I'm getting old fast, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you, bro, but I just feel like we're just getting older quicker. Like, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man. So 
Well, go ahead. Yeah, time does time does fly. Time does fly. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man, that was that was 2018 in in professional wrestling and and MMA and all that stuff and uh getting 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 geared up, getting excited for 2019. I'll be back for my first episode of 2019 sometime next week. Um getting geared up, getting ready for the Royal Rumble and everything else. So yeah, once again, Sammy, thanks for coming on, bro. It was a good talk. And, You're welcome. And um the, Yeah, man. <laughs> And this has been episode 37 of the Jay's Week in Wrestling Podcast. Once again, you can catch the show on the SD Podcast channel. Check out my boys Steve and Dan and Vin over there at the SD Podcast. And uh once again, want to thank them. This is my second year on the platform. I can't believe I've been doing this show for two years already. <laughs> and I guarantee in 2019, I'm gonna be more consistent with the show. I'm gonna be doing a lot more. Bringing a lot more of my homies on, and we're gonna have some great wrestling talk on this show. And I'm and I have some friends of mine who are professional wrestlers on the independent scene. I'm gonna try to get them on here too. <laughs> so once again, this is Jay for Sammy. Thanks for listening. Catch y'all next time. Peace. Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today.